What's up, everyone? Welcome to Game Face, episode 336, take two. We tried we tried to do this show yesterday, and we got about 30 minutes into the episode, and the power went out, and we ended up losing the files altogether. So here we are for take two of Game Face, episode 336, and alongside me is my co-host, Matt Kyle. <laughs> this has all happened before, and it will all happen again. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, hopefully the power stays on today. You did say it went out again, like once ag- it came back on. Went out again around 9.30 last night and then came back after like three minutes. Okay. Um, so and nothing since then. I don't know. I, did, I have not heard what the deal was. When we when it happened, the, the, the when I, I called the power company and the alerts said that it was going to be till 4 p.m. Yeah. And But it came back like probably 40 minutes later yeah and i had already driven yeah. all the way across the city and i looked in my side mirror at the way back to your house and mm-hmm. it was just gridlock and i was yeah. like i'm not going back i was also nervous that i drive all the way back and mm-hmm. then the same thing would happen again so i wanted to give us a little bit of a buffer zone like overnight to make sure uh that the electricity was good here and i think it is we'll um, i think we're gonna be okay we'll see uh one thing for those of you who showed up yesterday we are gonna have to do the first half hour of the show over again because again when the power goes out, there's no way to save the file. Um, so if it crashes, we can get like, there's a kind of a crappy file we can use to save the show. If the power just goes out, there's nothing we can do. The files are completely borked. Uh, so we'd have to start the show over again. We'll have to do the housekeeping again. Hopefully you guys understand. Although I would probably argue that probably not gonna be as many people on the stream today. This is, this is the earliest we have ever done Game Face. Now, obviously, We've been in here in various places covering E3. I think the earliest we've done a show is like 8.30 or something like that. Um, But Game Face, we've never done it at 11 a.m. So I totally get it. People are used to showing up on Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific. Um, So I'm not expecting a big crowd today on the live stream, but I can already see there's a bunch of you in there, which is awesome. So thank you guys for sticking with us to show up for the re-recording of Game Face 336. Um, a couple housekeeping things before we get going. I want to thank everybody who asked great questions for Ask Chain Anything. Again, uh, if you want to participate in that, you need to pledge at $7 or more per month at patreon.com sifted. Everybody gets to watch the actual show. And when I left here last night, I went home and I just started cutting an episode of Ask Chain Anything, which mm-hmm. is up right now. So um, even though the show was canceled yesterday, I drove back to my place and just went right back after it and did an episode of Ashane Anything, which is live for our patrons right now. Enjoy that if you can, or maybe you already have. Um, other housekeeping, tomorrow we'll start asking for questions for the next round of Pactor Factor. Um, you can get that at usual places. If you're a regular on sifted.net, you won't be able to miss it. If you follow us on Twitter at Sifted Games, you won't be able to miss it. If you're someone on YouTube, and Matt, I mentioned this again yesterday, a lot of people on YouTube ask us questions in the comments of episodes. Don't do that. Like you can, but your questions aren't going to get in the show. We specifically ask for questions on YouTube on our community tab. So if you go to youtube.com slash sifted games, there's a little community tab there. If you click on that, that's where we ask for questions. So do all that stuff on YouTube, hit all the bells and the notifications and subscribe and all that crap. That's how you'll know when it's time to ask for questions. And again, 
tomorrow, Friday, we're going to start asking for questions again. So get those in when you can. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, no shortage of things to ask the Packmaster for the next round of episodes. Um, Packmaster. <laughs> that's the first time I've ever called him that. <laughs> um, someone's asking us about your PC, Matt. Don Lionheart. That's fine. Does anyone know what 4090 your PC has in it? Um, Do you know what aftermarket brand it was? I can look. Okay. I didn't make it myself. So yeah, his, your brother-in-law built my brother, it for you? My brother-in-law built it. Yeah, Matt it. didn't actually build it. It was a, an awesome Christmas gift from uh, someone in his family who builds rigs and um, actually was like really good at like tracking down GPUs during yeah, the pandemic and everything. It is It is an Asus. Asus. Okay. We have an Asus model. We use a lot of Asus stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I believe in Asus. I think they're a good brand. Um, yeah, some people in Europe are like, this is actually perfect. It's 9 p.m. in Europe right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's actually working out better for some of you guys. So maybe we'll get more people from Europe and less people from the U.S. Uh, most people in the U.S., like, if they are able to watch a stream while they're working, they usually can't do that until the afternoon after they've got unburied from email and stuff like that. So, again, I wouldn't be surprised if our live numbers are a little bit lower. But what really matters is we have a great archive for our patrons. So let's see. Lots of small stories this week, Matt, mm-hmm. uh, that didn't that aren't really worthy of an entire topic on Game Face, but worth discussing nevertheless. Um, one of the big ones, at least for me, and I definitely think for you, is that Respawn is working on a Star Wars first-person shooter that is inspired by Jedi Knight and Star Wars Dark Forces. Mm-hmm. And it's also not being developed on Frostbite. It is being developed in Unreal Engine, just like respawns other star wars games um so a lot of the issues that we've had with games like battlefront and battlefield in the past maybe we don't have to worry about those matt what do you think no i mean they you know respawn has used unreal for all their star wars games so far uh-huh. uh so it's not not surprising um we'll see i'm the the dark the, the Jedi Knight games are not my favorite things in the world. Uh, in fact, I mean, I guess this, the first Jedi Knight is Dark Forces One and Jedi Knight are pretty good. For, Dark for Forces, their, for those of you who don't know, their it's time. basically like a Doom clone. It was yeah, it was Star Wars Doom. Yeah. Uh, although I believe it was the first first person shooter to let you look up. Really? I think it was the first one to let you look up and down. Really? Um, it, it still had basically auto-targeting that Doom had for anything above your level mm-hmm. if you didn't care about it. But, like, you could actually look up and down, which I remember was a crazy... I remember installing that on my friend's computer, and uh, uh, we were like, this thing is 50 megabytes. No <laughs> game could ever be bigger than 50 megabytes. That's ridiculous. It was half his hard drive. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. But... Uh, I like those, and then I think I know Jedi Outcast is like held up as some kind of paragon of Star Wars. I think that game sucks. <laughs> like I, it's just find the key, hunt the switch shit. Like the I don't understand why people love this lightsaber combat in, in those Raven games mm-hmm. so much because it's just garbage. Yeah, like it's just I mean, most lightsaber combat was garbage. It's just swinging. It's like, it's like it, it, yeah. you know, and like I like the multiplayer I get, like people like running around a lightsaber, but like it doesn't resemble the fighting in the movies in any way. It's a yeah. terrible interpretation of lightsaber combat. The best lightsaber combat in the history of video games, and it's not even close because there is no competition, is Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, Seriously. There's not You're even, right. not there's even no remotely. There's no competition. It's always been bad. Yeah. yeah. 
so, uh, so, so I, mean, I hope they it's more in the vein of like we're gonna do this story that involves all this cool stuff in the Star Wars universe and not like we're gonna make a really broken melee system that doesn't resemble anything considering they already made a good melee system yeah or certainly one that will probably be a great melee system once it's refined in the sequel yeah uh, I trust him on that um, or if you could, I mean, I would love to see Republic. You're rocking the respawn shirt today, actually. Yeah, I just was, noticed that. That was not intentional. That was just cleaning on top. Yeah, but like, <laughs> cleaning um, on top. <laughs> I would like to. I would love to see Republic Commando two, or Republic Commando redo, or you know, some kind of thing dealing with that would be uh-huh. cool. Um, there's a lot of stuff you could do yeah. that would that would be interesting. Don't forget too that these are the developers that created Call of Duty. Yeah. They basically created the modern first-person shooter. A lot of the figureheads at Respawn are responsible for mm-hmm. that. So I have high hopes that this game could turn out yeah. to be something really awesome. Or maybe it's just Battlefront 3. Even like, if that's made by Respawn, Yeah, I would definitely I like to see someone take a shot at that that isn't DICE. Cause yeah. they, Cause not that I dislike the Battlefronts, <laughs> but I think it's time for some new Yeah, ideas. and the funny part is battle, the last couple Battlefronts have actually been better than Battlefield. That's true. Think yeah. about that. That's crazy. Yeah. Although you know what, I got went back to the originally original Battlefront two a while ago and played like the the, the clone the wow. galaxy campaign went all the way back. Yeah, but the, you know what I love about that game is it has that conquer the galaxy campaign where you mm-hmm. like pick your planet and fight yeah, a battle yeah. and you have to kind of defend the planet. Like, yeah, I love that stuff. I, I mean, it's great. I yeah, mentioned yeah. that in like in like uh, what was it? Uh, Company Heroes three. One of my things I miss is like I, the Warhammer games had that a campaign where you take over a map. I love that Rise of Nations had that. You could mm-hmm. take over like here's the world and like you kind of play a little turn based strategy game before you go in and play there and the real-time strategy game kind of determines how well you're doing in the turn-based strategy game i think that's a cool thing to do and i like what battlefront 2 did that way i remember that was one of the most requested features for dice's battlefronts yeah and it just never happened because they could i mean they barely got the game yeah finished but like they were <laughs> yeah. too they were too busy bilking us out of uh uh microtransaction right. money and then learning a very hard early lesson. red flags of the microtransaction trend yeah, that was really the the first like, the, the the death knell uh, on that. Um, in the same way, the uh, I mean, also the game as a service thing. Yeah, like it was that, a bit of like a that was the start of the down yeah, the decline. That's people were like, "Wait a minute!" Like, yeah, I mean, it was when literally the head of Disney was, "Wait a minute, what are you doing to right. our IP? We are about to launch like another movie here." Yeah, and you're. And you're fucking it up. Being on our like, IP. Yeah. yeah, it's bad. Um, so anyway, that's something to look forward to. Although that game's probably not coming until 2027, 2028. No, that's, a, that's a, clearly a long way it's out. a long ways away. Yep. But luckily we got a Respawn Star Wars game in like three weeks. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, more housekeeping. Uh, Leslie Benzies, who was one of the three heads of Rockstar North, the studio that created the Grand Theft Auto games, he left. In fact, the break was not sanctimonious. Like, mm-hmm. there is some friction between Leslie Benzies and the Housers, who have also consequently well, pretty sanctum- much... Well, sanctimonious would be bad. All right, oh, right, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, they were not on good terms it, yeah, when they, it was when not they a, left. Uh, it was not a mutual... Yeah, parting of parting, the minds. Yeah, yeah so um, he has started his own studio, and his first game is a game called Everywhere. Uh, we got an initial trailer for it not that long ago. And now they've released a brand new trailer for what they're calling the first real single player release inside Everywhere, which is a game called Mind's Eye. And we've learned a lot more about Everywhere as well in this process. And as it turns out, Everywhere is Roblox for adults. It is an open world platform 
that they are going to build single player campaigns inside of. Kind of like what they're doing with Grand Theft Auto Online right now, which by the way, was all Les Leslie Benzies thinking. He is the one who has created and shepherded GTA Online into unbound success. It has been undoubtedly one of the most financially successful ongoing games or games as a service, Grand Theft Auto Online. And that was all Leslie. However, Matt, I really think he may have missed the mark here. Uh, with yeah, this, <laughs> this game. It feels like it's you can you can smell what year this was greenlit in or invested <laughs> yeah. in. You know? Like yeah. it, it feels like an idea that um it was something you'd pitch back when people thought that, you know, Facebook meta was gonna be a thing. Mm -hmm. It was more it's more of a oh, the metaverse idea. And like when you describe what this is, it sounds to me I'm like, why don't you just I just make a game. Yeah. Um, well, the bad news is that the game that they're making, Mind's Eye, they had a press event for it, and the press was not very kind to it at all. Mm -hmm. um, they said that it felt half-baked. The controls felt rough. They said the best way to describe it is it felt like it was made for hyper-casuals, which mm -hmm. maybe that is the right... I don't know if they're doing it the right way, but maybe that's the right angle to take for a game like this. I don't know. It feels like fishing for like a mega hit. Yeah. It feels like, oh, we want this thing to kind of catch fire with casuals and become the next Fortnite thing. Like that seems to be the the boardroom idea for a lot of these things. And like you just can't force that. Also, like it's not an it's not a new idea. Like so it would have to be all based on execution making it better, which doesn't always guarantee success. Mm -hmm. And from the previews, it doesn't sound like the execution is there. We only so. got a 15-second trailer for the campaign. And they also said that the campaign is going to be an episodic single-player game. Ugh, and that again, it, exactly, like, what year is it? Right, again, a bad idea. It's going to be an episodic game, and each episode is going to be entirely different. Like, different genres, even. So, when you drive around the open world, there are cars, there are guns. It's very GTA Online-ish, as you saw in that 15-second mm -hmm. trailer that we showed, like, five times straight. Um, there's GTA stuff in there. There's a scene of the guy shooting out the car window. I mean, they're trying to convince you that this is like the new open world Grand Theft Auto, basically. Yeah. And I just, what I'm seeing right now is not, it's not working, I guess. The messaging is not lining up with what I'm seeing, mm -hmm. I guess is the best way to put it. So um, it's supposed to come out in beta on PC sometime this year with consoles to follow after that. So we'll probably hear more about the game pretty soon if they're going to release it out for people to play. But Matt, my anticipation for this game has just kind of hit rock bottom. Yeah, I think I'm I'm comfortable forgetting about it again until we have to mention it again. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's the up latest update. I mean, I remember that little that little trailer with all the all those things in the logo, but like I haven't thought of it since. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, there's other weird stuff about it too. It's like. There's like zones that you go to. There's like a lava zone and a forest zone, and like it sounds like PlayStation Home. Yeah, in a way. you have to go to like specific places to like race, and then another specific place to do like multiplayer gunfights. Yeah. Like it's I just mean, weird. You mentioned Star Citizen in conjunction with it at one point, and it's like it, and like it's not a a bad comparison because it's also seem Star Citizen is also in love with the idea of like we want you to travel to get to the game. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why do I have to go different places? For why can't I just get in my ship? Why can't I just get in my car? Yeah. Why can't I just race when I want to race? Why yeah. can't I just shoot when I want to shoot? Um, what is that? Like, do you think I have that kind of time? Like, they're asking it, a lot of the player for this game. Yeah, and they're asking people to people older people to build stuff. 
that's the other thing. It is like Roblox where you can go in and there's a whole tool set that you can use to build stuff. Adults don't care about that crap. No. They just don't. Adults don't build stuff in video games. They build stuff in the garage. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not how adults operate. Kids like Minecraft. Kids love games where you build stuff. Kids love Fortnite, the building in Fortnite. Adults generally have not really resonated with that type of game. No, play, and so. like the people who do have the time or the interest in building things, they're going to build things legitimately in real programming languages right. in real life. I mean, because I mean, they're free now. I mean, I'd was- rather learn how to use Unreal. Then learn how to build something in some video game. I mean, there will definitely be people who get in, you know, just like the people gotten into it with dreams or whatever and that kind of thing. But I don't know if that's going to be enough people and enough output to yeah. warrant having built this whole thing yep. for it. You know, yep. so I don't think it's looking good, but we'll see. We should learn a lot more very soon. Another game. Well, actually, the biggest game that was announced this week probably is the first game in a partnership between Lego and 2K. If you guys remember... Um, when we first got the announcement, it was they're going to be making Lego sports games. And I was like, I don't mm-hmm. know if like Lego works well with sports because of the way they animate and things like that. I was a little concerned about it. Was it turns out the first game actually really isn't a sports game. It is an open world kart racing game. That's a motorsports called game. Lego 2K Drive. I guess does it count as like a motorsport game if it's like a karting game? I mean, it's taken enough from Forza Horizon that yeah. I think you can say that. Yes, yeah, open world design is like Forza Horizon, but the actual gameplay itself is more akin to a Mario Kart or I would argue Diddy Kong Racing because this is set in an open world and Diddy Kong Racing was kind of the precursor to that for N64. It wasn't in an open world per se. It was set in a gigantic hub hub, and you had to physically drive to the location of each race and enter the race. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how this works. You can play cooperatively with six total people. I guess guess one of my questions here is, and like the trailer doesn't really show this, like is it Mario Kart when you're racing? Are you throwing, is, are you yeah. throwing items and stuff? Yeah, at each there's other? item boxes they and don't, power They don't show any of that in this they don't. trailer. Yeah, but it, that is, so people got to play it at the press event for this. They had like an event for certain press that went to it, and it was Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. They said there's item boxes, and like when you get hit with a power up, like bricks fly off of your car. You can build your own car in this, um, and they've been pretty smart with how they did it so that like you can't accidentally build something that doesn't work. Like if you remember Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, mm-hmm. I would start building stuff and like I'd spend like 30 minutes building something and then it wouldn't work in the game. They'd be like, oh, you need to go back and adjust this or that. And I'd be like, what? What do I have to do? Like this game is circumventing all of those issues by, and they're not limiting how you build. They're basically just saying, this is the maximum and the minimum wheelbase you can have with each vehicle and then go to town after that. And, they, and the press who attended the event said that it totally affects how the cars handle. Um, if you build something top-heavy, you go around a turn, it'll fall over. So the, there are real physics involved there. Also, if you're watching this trailer, it's really cool how the cars just automatically transform depending on the terrain that they're on. Like, you go to water, and you don't have to, like, hit a... I don't, I don't think you have to hit a button. I think the car just automatically no, transforms. No, it looks automatic. It looks like Sonic, Sonic All-Stars yeah, racing. same deal there. So I think this game looks pretty hot, man. Like, I'm, I'm assuming... Mario Kart 9 is going to be an open world Mario Kart. Do you think that's a safe assumption, Matt? No. Uh, you're probably right. <laughs> I mean, I do think you're right that it's the logical next step for Mario Kart, but Nintendo is not known for taking logical next steps. Yeah. So, so we'll see about Mario Kart 9. But in the meantime, this is a good little holdover. Like, Mario Kart 8 has been out there for, what, 11 years now? We've been waiting for another Mario about, Kart. About that, yeah. So it's good to see that, you know, someone is, or some developer or publisher is dedicating real resources to make a really good kart racing game and uh, i am certainly excited to give it a give it a go and see if it turns out well or not 
Do you care about kart racing, Matt? No. No? Um, only this, realistic driving games? Eh, sort of. And I only have so much room in my life for that yeah. anyway. Like, this this is like... I like Lego. Um, obviously, I have, I have a number of sets around the house. But, like, I like the licensed stuff. I like the Star Wars stuff, Lord of the Rings, Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. etc. Just standard Lego doesn't particularly interest me. And if this were honestly like, never has. If this were, like, Lego Batman racing, would that change? Your- no, because that would be dumb. <laughs> okay, but I'm saying if they like, if you apply put, any IP or property to it, would that? No, it means a racing game. It's not that interesting to me. So it's about the kart racing and not. That about... doesn't get me interested either. No, okay. like this is just a, a a theme I don't care about in a genre I only intermittently care about. Yeah. Um, if you maybe started adding like Star Wars and Batman as guest characters in it, maybe I could, I might take a look at it then. But this is not particularly. I mean, it looks cool. Like it looks like. Like the the audience it's for, like this looks like a pretty awesome choice. Um, you know, obviously it's on more platforms than Mario Kart. Kart racers are pretty rare yeah. these days, so like it's good that that will be there for people who want that gameplay and don't have a Switch or don't want to play on a Switch or would like graphics that don't look like they're from last decade. Yeah. Um, but like for me, I don't know. I don't, I'm, okay. I'm gonna have other things to do in May. You know? <laughs> Actually, May's not too bad of a month for game releases. Um, a couple things before One we go. One in particular. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a couple things before we move on. It is available for everything and is coming on May 19th. So it's announced now and it's coming out like a month and a half or two months later, which mm-hmm. I wish, wish we got more of that. Yeah, that's that's nice. It would be nice. Um, also, when you play in the open world, you can partner up with up to six other or five other players, six total. If any of those six people initiate a race, everybody gets sucked into the race. And I don't know how I feel about that. But that's an odd choice. Yeah. Like they, Forza, that's something they could easily tweak. Yeah. I mean, Forza like, just tells you, hey, this race is starting if you want to do it. Yeah. And you it don't gives have you the to. option. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully they tweak that. They could tweak that. There's eight racers in each race. As I said, there's to- there's all this the tenets of the Mario Kart franchise with item boxes and power-ups and all that stuff. Um, so anyway, again, that is coming to every platform on May 19th. Uh, next up. Matt, the UK is starting to come around on the Microsoft mm. acquisition of Activision Blizzard. I However, guess, I guess somebody finally read their briefs. Yeah, exactly. Or actually finally looked into it mm. instead of just bluster. Um, but is it too late? Because the deadline is like next month, coming up within a month for them to sign that deal. And if not, they have to renegotiate the deal all over again. Well, they wouldn't have to renegotiate everything. They just have to go through the process again. Yeah. And this time the process presumably would be faster because nobody would be trying to hold it up. Do you think the cost has gone up or gone down since? I'm pretty sure the cost stays the same. Stays the same, you think? Yeah, that's... that's it's already, what, 69 or 67 billion or something? Yeah, it's, it's, it, that's, that's something that would be in the in the... In this, in this fine print, basically. Yeah. Um, it just will take longer. That's yeah, all. Yeah, just like, put it off. Do you think they're going to sign the deal now before the deadline? I kind of think they don't. Um, I don't know. I mean, you can it, things like this move pretty slow, so ch- typically you'd think that within a month that would be too fast. But yeah. also, you can make this stuff happen pretty fast if you want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it has, if they have had a turnaround, at least in the UK situation, of like, oh, we didn't you know now we didn't know that was the thing. They, there is a possibility they could fast track it to make the deadline they could. it's possible but we'll see yeah uh, one way or the other it's still gonna happen it's gonna like, happen like, like we've been saying this all along on game face it's going to happen it's just these people who are dealing with this have no idea yeah, what they're no, talking about there's no legal grounds Basis to stop it, it. Not it's not there's nothing yeah. there so we and now it now you uh, american congress people are going on about uh Sony's being unfair right. to Microsoft in Japan, in Japan yeah. and it's like no, okay. that's just what a dominant 
power in a market looks like. Yeah. like they offered better products yeah. to that market. That's all. And I all, think there's better. And supposedly, to worry about. And supposedly Microsoft doesn't advertise well. I mean, they've never advertised that. I mean, that when we were there, when the when the Xbox 360 launched, it was like four boxes in a corner behind the counter. Yeah, and you like, went to the game no stores in Japan. It was, like, it yeah. was just like shoved in a corner. Yeah. It would have like one little like basically vertical like mm-hmm. stand. Like, of, like people stuff. were like leaving their coffee on it. Yeah. And you, shit. It was, it, like you could no. just completely miss it if you went in there. Yeah. So yeah, it's. It has not been good for Xbox in Japan, and I don't see that changing ever. No, honestly. I don't. I think I think Microsoft has accepted that yeah. that, is a, that is a lost. It front. keeps re- releasing its it consoles does. into the market. It's really crazy. I'm glad for the ten people there who love the <laughs> Xbox. This but, one actually did better, Series X. I think yeah. it's maybe the best selling Xbox ever. Um, Whatever that means, it, it doesn't mean much. Yeah, <laughs> but still, it does show the best selling games dot com. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, never has a ColecoVision set the <laughs> charts on fire. Yeah. So it looks like, like it's, it's going to go through finally. Uh, we'll see how long it takes though. Um, in E3 news, it was announced, I believe yesterday or maybe the day before that Ubisoft has now pulled out of E3 2023, but it still has its press conference on June 22nd. Another case of a publisher being like, you know, we're not going to pay the money to be on the floor, but we still want to do something around that time because all the eyeballs are there. No, they won't be. But like, what the eyeballs won't be there for their press conference for E3? No, because there's no E3. Wait, um, you think they're going to cancel the whole thing? That was a big question at GDC, apparently. Really? And everyone was like, "Is your company going to E3?" Um, we don't know. Is that even happening? Nobody knows. So here, I'll get to the. Uh, but it's but the thing is, like mid-year June is a pretty logical time to show off your projects and upcoming releases yeah. for the next re- next six months. Yeah. Like, you know, it doesn't. E3 happens when it happens for a reason. So it's not surprising they still have something to show. But it's going to be a lot cheaper to produce a video and put it online than to show up for your eight million dollar booth space or whatever. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that Ubisoft takes up a huge yeah. chunk. If Ubisoft is pulling out of this, it's over. Yep. It's over. I mean, it takes up in the one hall, and you can see it right here, mm-hmm. it takes up a huge chunk of the yeah, probably Ubi, like Ubi's always a been a huge presence. Of the one hall. Yeah, it's always been a huge presence and bigger as time has gone on and more people have pulled out and they've expanded. And you can see their booth is no joke. They yeah. set up gigantic play areas. You always have yeah, you always have like four to six huge play areas with like all their games playable for by like 40 people at once like you know there, that's, stage show going on all day that's at least a booth where you can be sure you'll get to play the thing if you wait in line yeah like they're they're they they you know it's, it, they got a lot of space for all that yeah and well not anymore yeah um yeah so and like and it's not that they, they you know obviously they've got stuff falling out uh it sounds like assassin's creed mirage and um, delayed right might be like rumor is there's other people saying it's not so there's no clarity yet, but that and uh, there was another game that was possibly delayed to next. Skull year. and Bones, uh, not Skull and Bones. Um, I mean, <laughs> I can't remember the other game. But there were two two projects that there were, people were saying was like they're probably going to slip to next year. Um, but like, I mean, the, Ubisoft the, used the to be crew so into three. It. That's Look at this video. They created a hype video for their E3 presence back in 2017. Yeah, and in the matter of five years, it doesn't matter anymore. Well, I mean, I've said how many years have I said that that was it that this that E three's over? They just don't know it yet. Yeah. Um, as soon as Sony pulled out, that was the end. Um, the beginning of the end. Yeah. Yeah. That was the uh, that was the Battlefront two microtransactions <laughs> of E three. Of E three. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised now if... Is it too late, though? We're like three, four months away from E3. It's like, if they've paid to book the convention center, I really struggle to think they could pull out now. I mean, if the convention center gave them their old rate, it doesn't matter. Zero dollars. One dollar, apparently. But maybe there's a contingency in the contract that says, but you have to have the convention. That's possibly possible, but like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if it, I mean, I think, I think something will occur, you know, cause it is pretty much just the PAX organization committee borrowing the name mm -hmm. at this point. So I think something will happen. Will it be recognizable as E3? That's another Who question. Knows? Who knows? I, I mean, the answer is people. almost certainly no. It's yeah. going to be a weird little gathering of people in a, in a, a hall full, full of also rans and like you know maybe probably the, you know at this point maybe the biggest publisher in that hall is going to be wargaming nut you know it's like, like tsq nordic yeah stuff like, like that. sega and T sega and atlas or something it looks yeah. like most of the japanese publishers are still showing up which yeah. is bizarre because they're the ones who have to make the big commitment from bringing all their stuff across the pacific now some of them do leave it in like storage stuff here in la oh, almost all the big stuff is left in storage but they area. still have to travel bring all their people over like it's a huge expense mm -hmm. for them but they still seem to be into it it's the oh, whole vincent, thing vincent says sega pulled out yesterday oh really so yeah this is over it's over it's over mm -hmm. so maybe e3 this year just ends up being like a meetup weird thing sort of i mean it's gonna be like kensha hall the convention yeah, seriously. <laughs> wow so anyway the crazy part about it though is it's going to be a big story i mean going onto that show floor i mean people are going to be like what's it going to be like everyone's going to mm -hmm. want to see what it's going to be like and it's not going to be pretty it's going to be it's going to be c3po at the beginning of star wars what a desolate place this is yeah. <laughs> that's a good it's a good analogy uh, so anyway, E3... Kind of makes me want to go. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like I'm going to go. Like I want to see it. It's like a car crash. Like, I, yeah. I just want to see what it looks like. Like, is it going to be worse than 2006 or whatever? At least it's going to be different. It will be different. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. I want to I, I pitch somebody like a, like a document, like do like a document, like a Werner Herzog style documentary about like this slowly dying thing. The death of E3. Yeah. It could be a series, the death of whatever, and then the yeah. first episode is E3. I mean, there is, a, there is a YouTube channel that does the death of oh, really? video, video game. I just watched the, in their new one, uh, The Death of Ragnarok Online. Oh. Which is like a 30-minute video about how Ragnarok Online slowly collapsed like a flan in the cupboard. Yeah. Which is, uh, it was, it's I mean, you could, go, you could do MMOs like that Yeah, this, the channel mostly does like online games. <laughs> yeah. Like, I found them, through, I believe it was The Death of Earth and Beyond. Oh. Which is one of my favorite MMOs nobody played except yeah. me. Um, which is probably why it's shut down. <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, Bioware. We've been we've been talking about Dragon Age Four. It's actually called Dragon Age Dreadwolf. For you see, it feels like since Sifted launched. And, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, we've literally been talking about it since then. Inquisition was already two years old when you launched Sifted. Also, interesting thing: Dragon Age Inquisition was the test page for our game pages mm -hmm. while we developed Sifted. So I looked at that game page for literally weeks. <laughs> so anyway, um, the game has just, it feels like it's been in development hell, Matt. Like it just can't seem to get wrapped up and get in proper mm. motion. And because of that, Bioware, former executive producer, has returned to finish Dragon Age Dreadwolf. A guy who had been retired for several years has come out of retirement to jump on the project and finish the project. Um, Big Top Gun Maverick vibes. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's gonna work, Matt? As well as anything. Yeah. As well as just doing what they've been doing all yeah. along. I mean, I don't know. I This thing needs to be a big hit. It does. This thing needs to hit hard. 
But I, you're looking at the only real trailer we have of the game right yeah. now, and there still is no in-game footage. There was the leaked f- the gameplay, the leaked thing, yeah, that looked horrible, abysmal. I mean, clearly we were never supposed to see that. Yeah, but it did not look good at all. I mean, and it, it could have been like, ancient, but it looked like pre-alpha. That's, yeah, all games look terrible at some point. That one looked real bad. No, that looked that looked about normal. <laughs> I don't know, man. It does. It, uh, it looked bad. The it combat looked, it looked, looked way, janky. It, I will say this: it looked way better than that version of Dead Island Two I played. Oh, okay. Vastly. Fair enough. <laughs> Va- I mean, this there's times there's periods where games are just shaded garbage. Yeah. Um, but Dragon Age, I mean, Dragon Age sells has sold better than Mass Effect mm-hmm. historically. Yeah. Like this is their kind it's of ace in the hole to some yeah. degree. Um. And we'll see. I mean, it's Bioware. Yeah. Oh, how the mighty have fallen with Bioware. It's a shame, really. But yeah, well, that's it shows you nothing lasts forever. No, the the things that it's kind of like what I keep saying about Team Ninja, the people who made those games you love don't work there anymore. Yeah, they've moved on. Yeah. And the people who made the the, the Bioware games we loved have moved both group. I mean, there's a different kind of a different group that made the Baldur's Gates mm-hmm. and now then made Mass Effect. And I mean, we know, you know, I don't like Dragon Age very much, but like, um, that's all different. I mean, it's Dragon Age Inquisition was ten years ago. Yeah. Like it's for, that's forever. Yeah. In in tech te- terms, like, <laughs> and what? they're still struggling. Yeah. To get the game done, so things not looking great for Dragon Age Dreadwolf right now. Hopefully, this ringer that they brought in off the sidelines can get things headed in the right direction. Yeah. Got to polish up those elf butts. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, the final piece of housekeeping for this episode is that. May it rest in peace, but the 3DS and the Wii U eShops have now officially closed for good. Matt, did you make one last trip to see if if there's anything that you wanted to buy before they went away? No. No. I mean, I did load the the Wii U up a couple weeks ago because someone said that if you leave if you leave your Wii U idle for too long, it it will brick. Yeah. And so, but mine's fine. I did look at the shop and everything was like extremely expensive, especially for considering it was about to close. Um, but the, yeah, I'm like, I looked around and I'm like, maybe I should get Twilight Princess HD digitally, but it's 60 bucks or something. And I didn't want to. And then I thought about it and then I forgot about it the day it closed. And then like the, it passed and I saw people posting. It's like, it's like rest in peace. Wii U eShop. And I'm like, oh, I forgot to do that. And I'm like, you know what? I have turned that system on like four times in the last half decade. And I'm pretty sure I don't need anything. Yeah off that store yeah like, what do you think will be the enduring remembrance of the wii u nothing nothing i mean i mean it, it was kind of the first switch yeah but like the switch is the first switch yeah like no one no one I, I don't i mean i guess i mean the concepts in the wii u have almost all of them have eventually made it over well, to not switch. that They've done not better the, not the golf swing putting yeah. the thing on the floor and swinging <laughs> the club at it um but uh oh we fit balance board remember those days man yeah <laughs> Our bodies were not ready. <laughs> we def- mine definitely isn't ready right now. But, I need to uh, do some work. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, it's. I think its legacy will be. It'll be where Splatoon started. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of big IP launched on no, it. No. Um, I think mostly it will be like. It'll, I think it will be the console equivalent of the Virtual Boy. It'll yeah. just be that weird thing Nintendo made, and everyone kind of scratches their head and goes. Yeah, remember that? You thought that you thought that was a good idea? Okay. I mean, still though, watching this trailer, it still looks compelling. But it ultimately, in practice, it wasn't. Also, yeah. I've now noticed this. That I mean, this, this is video, like a tri- by the way, that is all fake. Of course, it is. Those those tablets are fake. Look at the uh, analog sticks on the tablets. Yeah, they're not even real. They're not real. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway. That's, that's called advertising, boys and girls. I mean, yeah. this trailer is like for a different console. Like, this, what? none of this is a thing. Most of this stuff never happened, yeah. No. Some of it did, and they just never got any fanfare when they did yeah, well, launch like, it. Because nobody thing, cared. Like, you could do that, technically, but who wanted to? Yeah. Like, and like, also, like, that screen, I mean, all these screens and all these, all videos and commercials are simulated. Like, uh, none of this is real. Right, right, right. But like... The gamepad doesn't have resolution like that. Yeah. Come on, it's it's nonsense. And I remember at the end of this trailer, nobody really even that was the one shot where you saw the system yeah. right there, mm -hmm. uh, sitting under the television on the right. Like, and afterwards, like there was arguments in the control room at G four over whether it was a new system or an add-on for the Wii. For the Wii, yeah. And I'm like, it's a new system because yeah. there's a there's a thing there's a the new, new console, console. Yeah. sitting under the TV in that one shot. Yeah. And everyone's like, how the fuck did you see that? Because that's the only thing I was looking for. Yeah. Like, well, I'm like, also, where is the notice in that? It just kept keeps saying new controller, yeah. new controller. Yeah. With it the was new very confusing. New controller. Yeah, it was confusing. It wasn't. Nintendo dropped the ball in unveiling the Wii U, in, in my opinion. I think mm -hmm. it did. Oh, for, for sure. Nobody knew because after the press conference, if you remember, Matt. They let the press go back behind the stage, and they had a huge area set up with kiosks with mm -hmm. the Wii U. And not, until we walked in there, everybody was confused about whether there was new hardware or not. And mm -hmm. then you walked in, and there was Wii U sitting underneath every TV, and we're like, yeah, okay. And then you realize also how long it was, yeah. how deep it went back into, like, the... Anyway, um, yeah, I think the Wii U is going to be, you're right, like the Virtual Boy. 3DS, on the other hand, I think people are going to champion that for oh, a sure. really long 3DS time. 3DS was a great system. 3DS was an amazing system. Um... And how many did you end up owning when it was all said and done? 3DSs? Yeah. Mm, I ended up with three. I mean, I had the original, and then I had a, an I, and then I had a new 3DS, mm -hmm. and then I have the Metroid one. Okay. Which I think was... So you end up like five of them. I have four or five. Yeah, I have three. I think most people have multiple 3DS. The one, I mean, the one I have that I, you know, my primary one, if you want to call it that, because I haven't probably touched it in two years... Is uh is like the the black new 3ds mm -hmm. the, the what I got for for Xenoblade Chronicles, which I then played for like 20 minutes and said this is not functional. <laughs> like I'm not doing this. Even with the new one, which is supposed to be more powerful, right? Yeah, but it's just the, the 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 image quality is just not there for that for that, that game. Is it's, it's so weird and blurry, and you can't really even really see anybody's face properly. Mm -hmm. And I I just gave up on it because I'm like, you know what? I can just play this on Wii, or I can play it on Dolphin, and now I can play it on Switch in the definitive edition, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Big Big Smoke eighty two says Shane, I remember you pre ordering your Wii U on Invisible Walls. Yeah, I did that. I also got Ryan Stevens a Wii U as a uh, as a gift just for he was like my right hand man at game trailers and had done really great stuff for me and so just as a thank you, I bought him a Wii U as mm. well. Um, and it was funny like they were hard to get at first, but that didn't last long. <laughs> it wasn't hard to get them after that. No, it wasn't. <laughs> they and, uh, were all on store shelves. That's also one of the few systems in my that was released in my adult life mm -hmm. that i did not buy on launch day yeah. i did not get a wii u until uh target did a black friday sale on the splatoon smash brothers bundle yeah years later and i went to target at two in the morning like night of thanksgiving overnight to friday and uh went into the uh, the basically abandoned west hollywood target picked it up off the shelf bought it took it home it was defective <laughs> Put it back in the box, drove back to Target at 3 in the morning, got another one, came back, went to sleep, woke up in the morning. Uh, it was fine. It was good. That, that one was yeah. good. But yeah, the one I got had dead pixels all over the gamepad. Like, oh, I turned the gamepad on, it was it was like somebody had poured pepper all over the Oh, screen. wow. Jeez. 
So well, there you go. The death of the Wii U and the 3DS. I think most people will not mourn the uh, demise of the Wii U. The 3DS, yeah. on the other hand, I want if you can get Xenoblade Chronicles X off that thing, I will never think about it again. Yeah, mine is in a closet, packed up and like buried. Mine's hooked up. Stuff. Like you can go down and play it right now. I'm good. But no one's gonna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No one's gonna do that. Yep. So anyway, that's it for housekeeping for Game Face episode 336. Now it's time for a word from our sponsor. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. Ellis Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com. That's creamls.com. If you're watching this show on YouTube right now, I want you to go to creamls.com right now and buy at least one bottle of LS Cream. Mm -hmm. And if you do that and you regret it, let me know because I know you're not going to regret it and no one's going to let me know. I mean, you might regret it if you drink the whole bottle. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not our fault. We're just saying <laughs> make a drink or two. Um, we, all bets are off if you drink the whole bottle, but it, would be, it wouldn't be that hard to do it because it tastes that delicious. So mm -hmm. support your fellow gamers, support your fellow sifters. This is made by a sifter, by a gamer. It's much better than giving some liquor conglomerate your money. Support LS Cream if you can. And with that... It's time to kick off Game Phase 336. Before we do that, we do want to check in with our chat very quickly, though, and see what you guys are up to and see what you're saying. Again, thank you guys so much for showing up today. Like, I really didn't know if anybody would. Um, so to see lots of discussion going on here, it is uh, encouraging, and I'm very happy to see it. Um, always go at Sifted Games if you want us to see something. It makes it easier. Uh, GetUpKid1284, thank you for Twitch Prime. NoxAternitis, thank you for Twitch Prime. Who else got in here? Early on, Talica 1981, thank you. Um, anybody else? Anybody else? Don Lionheart, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Everybody who can do this is very simple. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, down in the comment or down in the description, I'll teach you how to do it. It's very simple, and we'd appreciate it very much. Uh, Kitsy Molcott, thank you for Twitch Prime. Hard to pronounce that one. Ptor91, thank you for Twitch Prime. Anybody else? The McWomble. Thank you for Twitch Prime. A lot of you guys getting in here, and it's kind of late in the month, too. Surprising. Uh, Was there anyone from yesterday? What'd you say? Was there anyone from yesterday? We'd have to missed? scroll so far up to get back to the mm -hmm. beginning of the show. But I do want to, if you did subscribe with Twitch Prime yesterday, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, let's see here. 57 months for Don Lionheart, man. That's awesome. Thank you. All right. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Hurricane Luna is not a fan of Wednesdays, I guess. Yeah, she didn't come no. up here. Cats are creatures of habit. <laughs> that it's is too, it. it's, we're not at the normal time. That so. is crazy. In the normal day, her mental clock she, was like, yeah. nope. She came. I mean, she came up briefly, but then immediately left. Yeah. Um, El Guapo 3385. Have you had a chance to see John Wick 4 yet? It's freaking fantastic. I've not, but I am not surprised by that at all. I've loved the first three. So. Yeah, I have not. I've just. I'll get to it. I mean, those movies are all 
kind of the same movie. So mm-hmm. it's it's like oh, I'm going to see cool stunts, and that's about it. Like it's it's not it's. I mean, the gun choreography is pretty. Oh sure, yeah. absolutely. But like it's just there's no there's no uh, mental meat in those movies really. So I'm not. I just haven't been in a hurry to see it. But yeah. it is it is a movie that you should see on the big screen for sure. I didn't I didn't actually see three in the theater. I I, I like the first two a lot though. Uh, God of Gamblers thirty three asks, I don't know how E three works. Can E three show game demos for gamers to keep the event relevant? Yeah, I mean that's what you're well, gonna get, really. Well, they can't really because they don't own the demos. Like E E three doesn't do that, you know. Like like the ESA is probably not gonna be able to just bring early builds of public. Like that, where would they get them? You know, yeah. like. There I mean, will be yeah, demos. They have to on- obviously, work with the publishers. The publishers have to produce the demos. But yeah. To your point earlier, this time of year, Matt is they're used to this. They're used to having demos ready to go around this time of year. Well, right. But a bunch of them are probably thinking, "Hey, we don't need to waste our energy and time on that anymore. Possible. And yeah. we can focus on doing some kind of presentation. But we do not have to make anything that we feel comfortable letting journalists or even random members of the industry get their hands on." Um, yeah. And now you have to worry about whether people from the random public can get their hands on things and whether to decide to make it an open demo for that or a closed demo for behind closed door. It's it, like well, it, things are changed with COVID, too. It's like now after every demo, you need to like deep like what lights mm-hmm. the controllers and like it changes everything. I about mean, we probably should have been doing that anyway. They should have been, but they weren't. And mm-hmm. now they're going to have to. So that changes everything. Like, honestly, I think for you people that aren't in the industry, I think it won't change that much. I think you're still going to get a bunch of premieres and debuts and new trailers for new games and all the stuff that you're used to because you have never been a part of the physical event of E3. So if you care about E3 because you're getting game debuts and new trailers for games that are already released and first gameplay of games that you're really excited for, I think for the most part, E3 is going to be pretty much the same this year. Because everyone's still having a press it's gonna conference. Be, it's gonna, yeah, but it's going to be more spread out. It's going to be spread out from May to June, and it'll continue to spread out further as years go on. I mean, E3 week, we already have confirmation of five press conferences. Of the week that, so there's Microsoft, there's Nintendo, there's Ubisoft, there's... Ubisoft is the week after. It's the 12th. It's June 12th. The 12th? I mm. thought it was the 22nd. Um, In my notes here, June 12th. Mm. Yep. Well, I think uh, eventually you'll see them all spread out. I agree. But I think this year, I think people won't yeah. see, outsiders won't see much of a change. I Maybe. think you'll still get a lot of the big premieres and stuff. And either Jeff is driving it or the ESA is driving it. You don't care. And you shouldn't care. As long mm-hmm. as you get the stuff that you want to see. I imagine Jeff will expand his show next year if this continues to oh, be a downtrend. definitely happening. Also, like, I will note that the, the lights are flickering a little bit. No way. I just saw them dim a couple times. So no way. Buck, buckle up, people. If it, oh, go, if no. it, go, if it goes out, uh, that's that. No. I, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but I noticed that. I didn't now. notice that at all. Oh, no. I'm very sensitive to that. Oh, jeez. Uh, Erebus Jones, thank you for Twitch Prime, by the way. Um, one last question before we get going on with the show from ETH Demon. What do you think of Steam Next Fest in that regard? Seems to have gotten a lot of dev uptake for that. I mean, it did have a lot of demos were yeah. produced I, for that. But also, I would argue that a lot of those demos would have existed regardless. Steam, mm-hmm. Steam Next Fest is useless, use, useful because it is gathering all those things in a prominent place and showing them to you. Mm. Um, there's certainly a bunch of stuff that I would not have known existed at the time, and, and except that Next Fest showed it to me. But I do think most of those things would add demos anyway. I just never would have known they existed. You Without know? them. So I think Next yeah. Fest is a really good visibility thing. I don't think it's... 
taking you know, over E3. No, or anything that's, like that. it's not really the same thing. Yeah, um, lots of indies there. But it's just yeah. a more efficient use of a method of getting your game to people that a lot of people use, but it's very hard to break through the noise. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steam apparently seems to have decided this is the way to break through the noise. And for a bunch of those games, it worked for me. Mm-hmm. So I I think they should continue doing that for sure. Well, I'm just going to pray to the electricity. And I didn't have to wait in line for anything. (laughs) Please, electricity gods, do not turn off the power. There are no gods, only men. And they all run L.A. Department of Power (laughs) and Water, and they don't care what you think. They really don't, yeah. So anyway, we'll see how it goes, because I don't want to do the open of the show a third time. Two is plenty. Um, And with that, it's time to move on to Game Phase 336 proper. We're going to kick things off with what would have been amazing yesterday. It's not very often, Matt, that having the show on Tuesday, we get hooked up with Mm -hmm. like something that happens really hot on Tuesday morning, and then we get to be one of the first people to talk about it. That could have happened yesterday with The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Anuma, and I... Don't I do not believe that it was actually him driving the game, but they, the presentation no. made it seem as if he were the one demoing the game. He showed off ten minutes of Zelda, and it wasn't even it was really like all cut together. Yeah, like they just went to different parts. It was basically a trailer. It was exactly the thing people complain about Ubisoft doing, where people yeah. are pretending like they're <laughs> reacting to things in a preset game. Yeah, except no one complains because it's Nintendo. Yep. But the bottom line is that we got the first real like congruent chunks of gameplay from Tears of the Kingdom. We had seen in-engine footage cut together in trailers. We had never seen the actual game being played for more than like a second at a time before it was cut into a trailer. So we got, basically we've got to figure out what the game is going to play like. And Matt, I guess the thing I would say first off the top is like, it plays just like Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I can't say that I expected like a huge departure, but we've talked about how this sequel, if, you know, first of all, that the second Zelda game for any platform typically doesn't sell anywhere near as well as the first. And we said that for this one to buck that trend, it was probably going to have to do something really unique and different mm-hmm. that Breath of the Wild didn't do. Based upon what we saw yesterday, I'm not feeling that at all. Well, the the there's islands in the sky, Shane. Yeah. Didn't you, didn't sky, you see? They, the, there's a word for Sky it. islands. Is that what they called it? Sky yeah. islands? Yeah. <laughs> Islands in the sky, Shane. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Get hype. Well, the, the big thing here is development is complete. There's going to be no more delays. Yeah. That's a huge deal. Um, that's good news. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good news. Because we've been waiting for a long time Yeah, I mean, to know that it's finally going to... There's still a big question of, like, why did this take... Seven it, years. Six years? Seven six years, years, seven years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they started working on this before you know the last one came out because there's a lot of content that they cut from mm-hmm. breath of the wild is ultimately going to make it into this um so anuma when he started talking about this it does showing, look a little better a little bit and the, does cert- it though really it does i mean there's uh, a long there's a longer draw distance certainly when you're up high you can see way more of the world in more detail um it's not a it's not a leap because it's the same hardware mm-hmm. obviously but it is Clearly something built for, you know, they built this knowing this the Switch was the only platform for now. And, uh, you know, in the same way, I think, I think the first one was probably held back by starting on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a more genuine, you know, Switch title. Um, there's, there's more detail in, in the, the animation and sort of what's happening. You know, see his legs moving like that. Um, Link needs a haircut. This, but, uh, this, as soon as I saw this, I was like, no, the climb meter's back. Well, I mean, I didn't expect that to change. I, well, so here's the thing. We'll get into more details in a minute, but 
basically two of the three biggest complaints about Breath of the Wild have been addressed, but they weren't, they were compromises. Mm. So first of all, they are called Sky Islands. That's what they're officially calling them. As you can see here, one of the first abilities that they show is the ability to rewind time, which is how you get up to the sky. That block comes down, you choose the rewind ability, and then it rewinds and takes you back up to the sky. Now, they again, how they compromise the climbing meter, which again, I hate. The way they've compromised it is they've given you this other new ability where you can, like, if you if there's a ceiling above you, you can teleport upwards through the ceiling. And even mm -hmm. if that ceiling above it is, like, 50 feet of rock, you can teleport all the way through that rock and end up on the top to, I would assume, eliminate a lot of the climbing in the game. Mm -hmm. So why not just remove the climbing meter? I don't know. It's, again, it's, and there's another thing, too, that people complain about. It's, a, like, it's an extremely strange ability. It is. Like, it's, that's all the real like it almost it feels like It almost feels like a debug yeah, thing. The only like, reason it exists, and it probably wasn't a debug, Matt. Yeah. And they're like, well, wait a minute. That's an easy workaround for the climbing thing that everyone's complained about with the game. Like, ugh. That really bothered me. Um, like, it doesn't... I mean, I'm sure there's a reason it's in there in terms of, like, thematic. But, like, it felt... It, that feels like a game patch, yeah. not an, an in-universe ability. Yeah, yep. So the rewind it's such a ability, strange thing to want to be able to do. Yeah. So the rewind ability is officially called recall. Uh, just so you yeah. know. It, it, Although when he when he activates it, it says rewind on the button prompt. Right. Yeah. So I don't. I wasn't sure about that. <laughs> um. So there's lot. There's actually lots of ways to get to the sky. Once you get up there, you can use your paraglider to glide from one sky island to another. So once you get up there, it seems like traversal works pretty well. Um, also, they, they mentioned yellow trees. They only grow yeah. in the sky. I wasn't sure what the significance of that was. I'm sure yeah, we'll, I'm, we're going to find out. We'll get around to it. Yeah. yeah, there's something to do with the yellow trees up there, but they weren't willing to divulge much more than that. Um, there are new enemies, as you, as you just saw. They're called constructs. They're almost like robots, basically. They look like kind of spinoffs of the giant spidery laser shooting things from the first one yep and weapons still have durability and they break mm -hmm. but again another compromise that they found is this weird thing where you can just stick weapons together here you mm -hmm. have a stick with a boulder on the end of it which is so uh like on one hand kind of like you know jerry rigging your own weapons is kind of an interesting idea on the other like, like they demo this by having him hit the thing with a stick and be like oh no the stick broke okay well we'll, we'll put a giant boulder on the stick yeah. We'll put a 300-pound boulder on the stick. Why would the stick? stick not break faster <laughs> so if you put stupid. a boulder on it? It's very it's weird. It's so dumb. It's just dumb. So weapons still have a durability meter, and they still break. And if a weapon is about to break, you can meld it to another object using what's called the fusibility. You can create clubs. You can create other weapons. It, it increases the weapon durability. Uh, so it's kind of like a I don't. I didn't like understand I said, this part. Where like, what happens if you put a leaf on it and then they don't do anything? Yeah, with it? what does happen? Dude? What does happen with it? <laughs> you fan people away. <laughs> and the, yeah, they don't show you what happens. Then they show you the ice, and this is where it makes more sense. Like combine yeah. some of the stuff that you, because a lot of the stuff that you picked up in Breath of the Wild, it had very limited uses. Like the yeah, eyes, like you use them to cook. Cooking. It was mostly cooking. Yeah. And like now a, there's multiple uses for some of this stuff. I think that's a good change. Um, that's one of the things that I like that I saw in this. And look, you you probably people will get creative with diffusing, and there will be YouTube videos mm -hmm. where somebody creates some bonkers weapon, and it'll do three million views on YouTube. Like, am I going to be the person who's doing that stuff? No, I'm going to find whatever I need to build just to get through whatever I'm trying to get through, and that's 
where it's going to end yeah. for me. And I'm going to be a little irritated that I have to do yeah, that. That like, I have to do it at all. I'm sorry. Building that boat did not look fun yeah. at all. Like, that's not something I want to stop and do in the middle of all this. Like, yeah. It's, it's maybe it's just not for me. Like, too, way too much of this was just, okay, you're adding more toys to the toy box. Mm-hmm. But what is, what about the game? You remember when Zelda was a fucking video game? Yeah. And not like a, you know. Look at this. Let's put a pot <laughs> that's, on that's the a shield. Mushroom. That's a Mush- mushroom. Whatever, dude. It looks idiotic. It's a puff shroom. What the hell? Well, it's, uh, this is kind of the the equivalent. They've turned. It's a Look shield. at that, Matt. What's well, a shield equivalent of like the the arrow modification? Just give me a smoke bomb. Well, Just give me a smoke bomb. Well, no, you have to build. The you have thing. to build the smoke bomb, Matt, and it looks absurd. I mean, I don't care that it looks silly. I, I'm just like, what? I don't know. Like, I may, this is clearly, I guess, for the the Roblox Minecraft generation, yeah, and I'm not absolutely. I, I, How can Link see through the smoke, but the enemies can't? Because he's magic. <laughs> Link is magic. We know that. Maybe we now know what the leaf is for. It can fan away some of the smoke that you made oh, from your shield be. grenade. Yeah. <laughs> don't. I mean, maybe. Like, don't don't discount it. I mean, that, they showed the other enemy with the fan that knocked him off the right. the, the, the the island. Yeah. All of this stuff just seems so archaic and janky. It's it, like, I mean, it's like they, they made it into Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts. It's like they thought of it, but couldn't think of an elegant way to animate it or actually implement it. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know what? We're just going to go the goofy route. And now here we're showing this new ability that lets you build stuff. So back in Breath of the Wild, people were doing stuff like this, and it wasn't necessarily like a part of the game itself. It was like people figured out, hey, there's these physics and there's, and it was cool. Honestly, I never did it, Matt. This is what I was talking about when I said, you'll go on YouTube and you'll see a video with 5 million views. Sure. Am I going to do this stuff? No, I never wanted to do this stuff. It goes back to what I was talking about with, with everywhere. Adults Mm -hmm. don't want to do this stuff in games. This is, to me, this is targeting and look, it is Nintendo and Nintendo generally has a younger audience, but this clearly is targeting Zelda towards kids to me. Yeah. I mean, Zelda always has been. Has it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We were kids. I mean, well, yeah, but like, they were games that, like, as an adult, you felt fine playing. They didn't feel awkward. This game is starting to feel a little awkward to me for adults to play. I don't know. I bet. I bet something like Ocarina of Time or or Twilight Princess was awkward for an adult at the time. I didn't think so. Well, people, I played those games I mean, as, people, adult, as an adult. We, we weren't we weren't as old as we are now. I was an adult uh, though. You were an adult, but like you hadn't moved on from a lot of the trends of what had become gaming at the time. This Maybe. is clearly an extrapolation. I mean, I was already reviewing games, Matt. Sure. I reviewed the entire N64 lineup. Well, so was I. Like, I was, but what I'm I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about times have changed, and now this they are basing this on the things that are popular with kids today, kids. and they are and they yeah, and that was what they were doing then too. At the time, the things that were popular with kids were also popular with us. That's no longer true. Well, back then it was like Tamagotchi, and which I didn't like either because I was an adult. But there was stuff for kids back then that didn't resonate with me. For yeah. sure there was. But like but Zelda has always been a middle ground that adults and can play with their kids and not be offended by it. This is starting to stray into that other territory. I'm not offended by this. It's just. I mean, I don't know. Seeing silly. the mushroom on the shield. I don't know, dude. This is not Zelda to me. Well, no, Breath of the Wild wasn't Zelda to me. It was. Yeah. A, it was a. It was a dry run for an overworld for a Zelda game they never made and apparently still haven't. Yeah. Basically um, what Nintendo has done is they've just made official all the stuff people had to kind of work around in Breath of the Wild to do stuff like this. Now mm-hmm. it's easier to do. It's officially a part of kind of the design of the game. And I don't want to do it. I don't want to build crap. I hated Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. And mm-hmm. that is a great thing to compare this game to. 
is very similar. And we mentioned that earlier too about how you'd build something and then it wouldn't work and you have mm-hmm. to go back and like or adjust that, stuff. Or that like I mean one of the big problems with Banjo Kazooie was like um you could build these big elaborate things to, but you really just needed to build like a platform with wheels. With wheels on it. Like yeah. you didn't need to do any no. of that unless it was interesting to you and it wasn't interesting. I mean I, I mean this seems to be basically the same way. It's like yeah. I just need to get across I need to get across river. three logs and right. an engine and you're you're done. You can do it. But, or you can build some crazy casino yeah. boat or and by the and by the way that's why the stamina meter is still there to force you to do because th- like when you get to that thing he's like oh we got to cross this river but it's too wide to swim across and i was like why is it too oh right because you have a stamina meter and you'll drown and you'll drown and you get halfway stamina. across the river yeah <laughs> like that oh, that was when that clicked for me well these vehicles also fly and stuff like it's you can't not, yeah but again you'd have to climb and that's a stamina meter too so to your yeah. point it's probably accurate um, that is the limiting factor that makes that. In, I mean, I'm, I'm, I bet that if you want to, there's a way to do it without using all that stuff. But it's just going to take longer and require you to be probably more leveled up or something. Yep. Um, and now they're starting to show off the ascendability, which is what we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. where you can just teleport through ceilings, like up and up through like yeah. lots of swimming, like rock sw- or dirt, swimming like, through stone like a fish. Yeah. I, it's. I mean, magic is not a new thing in Zelda, no, obviously, uh-uh. but like. It's such a weird. I don't know why this makes me go like why. I know is that, I a lot of the stuff in this makes me I go mean, why. Link's, Link's done weirder things, yeah. obviously, but for some reason this is just like why is? I mean, a lot of t- usually in Zelda the abilities you can get are like interesting and exciting. It's like oh now I can do this thing, mm-hmm. but like why well, be excited this, to get that ability? <laughs> yeah, this feels like oh I now I can skip Not part fine. of the gameplay I don't <laughs> like. It's like what like that. Like, you're kind of acknowledging that, like, this aspect of the game is frustrating to some people, so you're just going to f- give us a way to skip it, which is one thing, but you could have just fixed it. Yeah. Erebus Jones is saying, let's be honest, it looks like DLC. Same base game, couple of new powers, and a few new areas to explore. Kind of. Like, the, I mean, the, the size of the map is the only difference there. Mm-hmm. It's just a gigantic world versus, like, a, a new little section. But, like, yeah, it doesn't... I don't look at this and say, like, oh, that's where seven years went. What I've seen so far, and look, there's a lot more to show of this game, but what I've sure. seen so far, it feels like it should have been called Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah, well, I mean, they don't do that in Zelda. Nothing's ever been called 2. Yeah. E- but- even when they make the same game at the same time, Oracle of Seasons, <laughs> Oracle of Ages. Yeah. Um, yeah, Zelda just, I mean, Zelda got one numerical sequel, Zelda 2, The Adventure Link, and that's they never did that again. Yep. Um, as Matt mentioned... You get you get knocked off of one of the sky islands by this enemy with a fan, which is absurd. I thought he was protesting something at first. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "What?" He's like, "No, He's no blonde kids meter. on sky islands." Like, I don't know. He's what protesting the uh, stamina meter. Yeah. So after you get knocked off an island or you jump off an island, you have to free fall to get back down to the land. I'm assuming eventually you'll get something that just teleports you down there, so you don't have to spend the time flying all the way back down there. Oh, I think you're underestimating how core they think this mechanic is. <laughs> well, you're right, because Nintendo probably thinks this is really fun, and they yeah. wouldn't want to strip it out of the game. But after you do it once, like it's yeah. not fun anymore. Well, I mean, you can do the dive that gets you there pretty fast. I will note, though, if you ever jump off a real Sky Island... Hitting water at that height is like hitting concrete. Do not do that. Well, I also wonder too. If pull like, your pull your pull your hand glider out. They like, don't mention this, but do you have to land in water? No, I think you just. Pull, I guess you just pull out your, you glider, pull out your glider before you get to the ground yeah. and then glide down. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were. I mean, one reason. I bet one reason they showed that is because it would never have occurred to me that I could dive into the water from a mile up and not die. Right. So because water turns into once you hit terminal velocity. Yeah. Water is basically concrete. Yeah. 
Yeah, it like that will kill you. It'll kill you too. It'll break but your legs. And similarly, kill you. if you're underwater, you you generally cannot be hit by bullets because bullets are going so fast they hit water and and shatter like it's concrete. Like yeah. water is actually good cover for that. Yeah, yeah. To your point, it really feels like Nintendo was like, "Hey, Roblox and Minecraft." Yeah, they're abso- hey, they're can- absolutely chasing those trends. Yeah. Which is not what Nintendo usually does. It sets the trends. It is. And others chase. It is a little out of character. And it's just such a weird franchise to do that I know. Like, Zelda has a formula. Yeah. Zelda has a formula that has worked for most of our lifetime. And this ain't it. I do wonder, too, if the Sky Islands are going to replace the shrines in the game. I don't know. Um, I mean, we, I mean, like we haven't dirt. we like haven't a... seen any puzzle solving. No yet. puzzle yet. solving. They didn't say anything about dungeons still, which is what everybody no. wants to know more than anything. If there's going to be real dungeons in this game, yeah, this looks like even less that there might be real dungeons. Right. <laughs> like, I don't see how those. I mean, how is a how is that ceiling ability going to work in a, in dungeon? a dungeon? How you can just leave at any time. Or are yeah. they going to just cut I mean, it off from you? I mean, maybe. They... I mean, he said there were limitations to it, so I can see if you go in a dungeon like that, those abilities don't work anymore. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. Like, if like, I could see going in a dungeon and like all your like you know your kind of toy box open world Roblox abilities like turn off because you're not there, or you're in another dimension, or there's some kind of spell on you or something. Um, and then then you have to kind of do like a more standard traditional dungeon crawl. But like I don't know, like that's they're certainly not hinting at it so far. See what I'm saying about how it looks like each island is like its own self-contained little shrine. Well, I, mean, I assume there's going to be like some thing Shrines to solve on each sky shrine. I don't think they're going to be that discreet uh, as like you know walled off things. But yeah, I assume every every sky island will have some kind of thing you have to do on it yeah. to, to solve it, quote unquote. Again, it just feels like every all the changes that they've made to this have made it to appeal to a younger audience instead of the people who have grown up with Zelda mm-hmm. all these years. Like it's doubled down on the open end creative elements of the original instead of the more curated, created Zelda games of the past. Mm-hmm. And I can you know, I mean, like I can see why you make that choice in following up Breath of the Wild because that was in fact why Breath of the Wilds you know that was most of Breath of the Wilds engagement. Is it? Do you think that's what most people liked about Breath of the Wild? It's what most of the internet liked about. Right. So the YouTube videos and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like most of the engagement post launch and in the subsequent years was stuff like that. So I can see why you would think would decide that that's what we double down on. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's what most people liked about it. I mean, I hardly use those abilities unless I had to. And yeah. when I had to, I was like, this is annoying. Mm-hmm. I didn't like having to do it at all. What no, I thought no, the open world aspects of, of it beyond the scope and kind of the, the Vista uh, in terms of like having to, the toy box elements for me were the the, the least interesting thing. Me too. In Agreed. The game. Most interesting to watch on YouTube, least sure. interesting to actually play. Yeah, I'm not interested in engaging with it. Well, what about people that just aren't creative or just aren't interested in it? Like, well, then you you're are, not going to save Hyrule. <laughs> I mean, I would argue the older adult is the X factor in sales here. I feel like the kids who own a Switch, they're going to want the new Zelda. I feel like it's us that you need to convince to actually spend the money on the game. If you have to convince anyone. Obviously, it's Zelda. I don't think you have to convince anyone. Maybe. I think this game is bulletproof. Yeah. Again, it does appear that Nintendo is compromising. Like a lot of The only thing that, that we don't know yet, the other people complained about, the third one is the story. Mm-hmm. Are they going to tell a real story this time? Is it going to be a compelling story? Is it going to be like the last game where you get a cutscene to open the game and then it just like basically goes away for like 30 hours? Like I, I don't want to be too revolutionary, but I'm going to say that. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. 
But that's the third thing people complained about. I mean, there will probably be more cutscenes. I mean, I'm sure there will be more story to this, but it seems like I think you're still going to get the same story to gameplay ratio in the sense that yeah. this thing looks gigantic. That's one of the problems with looking at looking at this and kind of looking at what they demoed here. You can see, you know, especially when Link's way up high in the Sky Islands and diving off, I'm like, that's huge. That world is gigantic. There's mm-hmm. tons of places to go. And I, all I see after this demo is like, look at all those places I can go and be annoyed by these mechanics. Mm-hmm. You know, like... I am not excited about this. I'm not either. In fact, after seeing this, I am less excited for this game than I was before. Which yeah. is not the objective of releasing Probably the first not. gameplay. I mean, look, game. I would argue that we are old enough that we don't matter. Yeah, like we're, maybe. We are clearly not their target audience for this game. Well, obviously, based on the tweaks that they've made. They have definitely made the tweaks for younger players and not people like us. Which probably is the right thing to do. Yeah, I would I would say it is. Um, also, they announced, or it announced, a new... It's not what I want, but we're at the age where it's time to accept that a lot of things in the world are not, for us are not what you want. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, they also announced, it also announced, a new OLED model of the Switch yeah. for Zelda. Are you going to pick it up? No. No? <laughs> like, why would well, so, I do that? Those, honestly, as, 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 as things are working out right now, Matt, the only things that you can collect in gaming anymore that end up, they're going to end up becoming more valuable are consoles. I don't know. Edition Do you know how much Devil's Third goes for now? Yeah, but that game launched 14 years ago, 12 years ago. No, Actually, no. no. It was like that 10, was that was like 2017. No, no, that no. was around the time the Switch came out. Yeah, it was like 2012, 2013, something like that. No, it was way after that. Was it? Yeah, it was one of the last Wii U re- releases. It, well, you're I, had right get, on that. I had to get my friend from uh, Canada to get it for me. Yeah. Um. I don't know, but so okay. So there's one game. But generally, I mean, no, a, a lot of Wii U games are very valuable. Yeah, because it was a failed console. Yeah, and because it's Nintendo. Yeah, like anything, people people like to have full Nintendo libraries for whatever reason. That's a thing that doesn't happen as much in the other. That's true. Console. So I was like, I'm gonna now. I've even seen people at a certain point. I'm gonna build my full. Generally, library though, now. like generally games that I'm buying right now for my PS5, like. When I go to retire, I'm not going to be able to sell those games. Most of them are going to, I'm going to sell them for less than I paid for yeah, them. Yeah, December 2015. 2015, yeah. So almost as old as this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to me, like the things that you can buy now that actually increase in value significantly still are well, limited edition consoles. Well, in ter- certainly in terms of, in terms of like quicker uh, appreciation, yeah. It's, it's like all the limited edition Nintendo systems are sure bets. That Metroid DS yeah, all is obscenely expensive now. I'm th- I mean, I'm thinking about buying this OLED model. I don't mm-hmm. need it. I already have an OLED, a gray one, but I wouldn't even open it. I just buy it, get it, put it in my closet, yeah. and forget about it for 20 years. Well, the other thing you should do is if you can find a decent price Wii U, those game pads are going to be worth a lot of money worth gold yeah like because they're going to stop working yeah and they're going to be things you have to replace and they don't sell replacements anymore yeah and you can't use that system without it no like those are (laughs) like if you're looking for like you know burgeoning retro game hardware to invest in get a stack of functioning game pads yeah and get ready to sell to collectors in like 10 years yeah and you'll make a lot of money off of them um but anyway the console comes out on april 28th and then the they're also releasing. <laughs> you wait like three weeks for the game to play on it. Yeah, that's funny. They're also selling a pro controller, Zelda themed pro controller, and a carrying case, and those launch with the game on May twelfth. So I mean, they know where their bread's buttered. Yep. Um. So the console comes out a couple weeks before the actual game, and the pro controller and the carrying case. But again, if you're a collector and you buy stuff to try to make money on it, 
I would probably try to score one of those limited edition Nintendo Switch OLED models uh, mm-hmm. because I do think in 15 years it's going to be worth probably a G, roughly. Yeah. So um, definitely worth looking into if you already have if one. Devil's Third can be worth that much. No, exactly. You know a limited edition console be. can yeah. get there for sure. So I think I already said like this lowered my anticipation for this game. How did it hit you, Matt? Yeah. It's I not mean, that I'm turned off by it and I don't want to play it. It's just yeah. I expected more. Especially after all the time it's taken to build this game, and look, I mean, I expect we still don't know everything. Yeah, I expect there will be more. It's like this, this, the the things they've decided to group together in this update are not of interest. Generally, you would think the first time you show the gameplay, you pick the big things that are going to like rock the foundations and really make an impact. Well, this is these are technically the new things, which to me is disappointing. Yeah, but I mean. (laughs) But to me, some people may like that this is now officially sure, a part but like of the, the game. You know, to me, the new thing, the new things I want to know about are the things that are the old things that weren't in the last. The dungeons. You know, yeah. I want the old Zelda stuff that made Boss Zelda, fights, dungeons. Made Zelda Zelda to to come yeah, back. Me too. Um, and maybe it will. We don't know yet. I mean, they got time to put another one of these out next month. Yeah. Before the launch. Um, I mean, that's the thing too. So my guess is, information on this game is about to just start dumping. Because I don't know, because they. I think the implication, in, at least in the voiceover in this, is that like, oh, you'll discover a bunch of this for yourself. Like, there's mm-hmm. there is part of me that w- thinks it wouldn't be super surprised if they don't do another one of these. Yeah, I think they'll do one more at least. The, I would think so. To, they'll put out trailers to focus on com- like combat and like others. They'll know, put out a story trailer, maybe. But like, I don't know. They, like, like I said, this game's bulletproof. They don't need to do anything. Yeah, I mean, it's going to sell amazingly. Although, again, if you look historically. Second Zelda games on a platform have not done anywhere near as well. Second as the first. Zelda games have traditionally sold half what the right. first one did, but it, I think it, this will break that trend. I would think so. Also, half of Breath of the Wild is not a problem. It's still 15 most, million yeah, units it, or whatever. It's still pretty damn impressive. Yeah, the, 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 the volume of what's involved has just changed so much, even from the last time they released a second Zelda on a console. Yeah, and plus you have a, the install base on Switch is just insane. Yeah insane the critical mass here is is a big deal i mean yeah. all, and also like one way or the other um you know the last like the closest analog would probably be skyward sword for after twilight princess yeah. and it's like there's something to be said for the fact that skyward sword was such a drastic departure from what twilight princess was and also sucked that like <laughs> this is a much safer Move, yeah. In that we're just doing. I mean, it really is Breath of the Wild too. We're doing Breath of the Wild again, yeah. And I mean, Majora's Mask is Ocarina too, technically, yeah. but it's a completely different. Well, it's approach like to the kind game. of like DLC for Ocarina of Time. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, it if that had been kind a... of was supposed to be DLC because it was called Euro Zelda. It was supposed to be on the N sixty four DD, right? Which was ill fated and yeah. never came out. Like and if, so they if, just released it. If that had come out in a different era, that's what it would have. It would have been, yeah, like a DLC add on, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, it's just, um, I, I think this probably has better sales potential than any other Zelda that's been released, uh, cause they've changed things up so much in the other Zelda, Zelda to Zelda, you know, even Ocarina to Majora's is a big change. Um, Wind Waker was, you know, nobody knew what to make of that one. And then even Wind Waker to Twilight Princess was a huge difference. Yeah. This is, this is probably the least different Zelda game from its predecessors since ever, ever. Yeah, because like you yeah. can't. I mean, Zelda two, and then Link to the from, Past is completely different to that. I mean, Wind Waker. I, I mean, I guess sort of Link's adventure to Link to the Past. Yeah, is the yeah. closest yeah. I could get to that. And that's you have to go to two D for that. So. Yeah, you got to go back to my high school days yeah. for that. Yeah, it's crazy. So, 
Well, anyway, that's the latest on uh, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Again, it's coming out on May 12th. The mm -hmm. console's coming out on uh, April 28th. And then there's a new Pro Controller and a carrying case to go along with it. So um, I do think we'll start seeing a lot more about this game here in the coming weeks. Because, again, it basically launches in like a month and a half. Let's be honest. It's literally like six weeks away from release. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty awesome to think about. Um, so, again, like... Don't get me wrong. I'm a little disappointed in what we saw here. I'm still excited to play it, and I'm going to play it. And uh, I'm sure I'll spend 50 or 60 hours on it, and uh, we'll come back, and we'll powwow together and see what everybody thinks about it. But for now, let's see what you guys think about this first gameplay. Um, Cinetike, how do you feel the public in general, general will respond? Is it another 9 or a 10 out of 10? Well, the public doesn't review games usually. Yeah, I mean, I there's user ratings. I but. can't see it getting less than a nine in the in the metacritic um mm -hmm. if only to avoid the death threats right <laughs> that's a thing um unfortunately uh Congrim one says some physical games collector's editions increase quite a lot too that's true some of them do but i even have like collector's editions from like the xbox 360 and ps3 era that aren't worth anything mm -hmm. and they were they cost like 200 dollars when they came out and now you can maybe sell them for like 30 or 40 bucks like a lot of that stuff. Yeah, it does depends not, on what the game, it, it has to be something that retains the interest yeah. going forward. It can't, you know, like or like a really niche thing that the fandom will pay. It's someone who's collecting those things will pay. Like Shin Megami Tensei stuff mm -hmm. that was limited run tends yep. to be valuable. Atlas stuff, be, yeah, yeah, because you've got dedicated fans of yeah. those. And if they only they only pressed like right a million or whatever. whereas like a limited if there was a limited edition of like red faction gorilla yeah probably Not nobody gives a shit any money um god of gamblers 33 i don't think i will pick this pick up this zelda game breath of the wild felt like a chore halfway through the game i kind of agree with that yeah i still found myself i kept doing the same things over and over again and i kept playing it but you're right mm -hmm. like it did feel like a chore at times to play. Yeah, and a lot of it had to do with the stupid stamina meter, making mm -hmm. it a chore. Other parts of it were like the level design where I would like venture literally like five miles in a direction and you just get to a dead end where you couldn't figure out like where to go or how to get. I just, yeah. I uh, burned we, out after about 60 hours. Look, we've something. been on the record here on Game Face for, since Sifted launched that we were not huge proponents of breath of the wild like the rest of the industry was like we were not mm -hmm. like this is a 10 out of 10 game like everybody else was so mm -hmm. um it only stands to reason that we also would not be over the moon yeah. about i this. don't even know if i'd call it and i put it in my top five zeldas hmm i clearly want something very different from zelda than the modern it would probably iteration. come in at like fifth for me I don't know. I, I mean, if you're I, including all the 2D stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Then I mean, it would probably come in at fifth for me. I definitely don't like it better than Link to the Past or um, yeah. or Ocarina yep. or Wind Waker. Yep. And actually, Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess. I like Twilight Princess more. I like... Um, That's where I get um, it at fifth. There's my four. Yeah. Mm, I like Link's Adventure more. I like Oracle yeah. of Seasons more. Really? I like I liked Oracle of Seasons actually a lot. I didn't like Oracle of Ages very much. I don't know why. There's such similar games. I only games. played one, and I can't remember which one I played. That's fair. In hindsight, um, yeah. I like I like Seasons a lot. 
I yeah. thought Ages was okay. But I think five-ish, roughly, is about right. Like In there, but like again, for something that people talk about as though it's right. the second it's, coming. We're way out of the mean. Yeah. <laughs> we're way off the reservation on that. Uh, I would argue probably the 80% of people think that it's Breath of the Wild is the best Zelda ever. Yeah. Because it gave people what people I think you have to. For. I think you have to go. Open world I think Zelda. you have to go under a certain age for that. Maybe, maybe. I think people our age are still going to put Link to the Past pretty high up there oh. at the very least. Yep. So anyway, and Link's Adventure. There's a huge contingent of people that consider Link's Adventure the best Zelda game, which they're wrong. I don't. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I've wrong. never understood that. Yeah. Um, and re- playing the remake uh, reconfirmed how confusing yeah. that is to me. Yeah. I do like that game. Yeah. But like, fine. And it did kind of create the template that Link to the Past followed, expanded, mm-hmm. and perfected, I would argue. Um, but Link to the Past is a vastly superior yeah, game. of course. Like, Link but, to the Past, to me, is like, maybe my second favorite Zelda. Yeah. I mean, I go back and forth between Ocarina and Link, and Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. It's probably still Ocarina yeah. in the end. Yeah. Um, because I think Ocarina realized what Zelda always wanted to be. Like, Mario 64 um, revolutionized how you do 3D controls Mm -hmm. and brought Mario into 3D in a way that maybe none of us really saw coming. I don't think anybody Um, (laughs) But Zelda has always wanted to be 3D. Like, the the angle of the 2D games is, like, a pseudo 3D. Yeah, it is. Like, Zelda going 3D was what Zelda had always wanted to become. Yep. And so Ocarina was more of a realization of of what Zelda was always meant to be to me, whereas Mario was more like, oh, wow, you you came up with a new idea for this that I never considered, whereas Ocarina was like, yes, this is what Zelda was in my head. Ocarina of Time also created the template for what the modern action game would be for mm. the next 20 some years well people still, we're still using the z still lock. use z targeting <laughs> like, you know whatever you want to call it whatever cl- yeah. stick you click for yeah. it that's still that z targeting yep so anyway there you go that's all we know right now on the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom next up something that i have been more I, like more like tears of the fandom <laughs> the fandom i think is probably happy about this yeah, people like us depends. Are, i mean Older people who like the traditional Zelda are also a fandom, mm-hmm. but the fandom—I mean, the fandom that just worships everything Nintendo puts out for six months, so you're not allowed to criticize it until the the bloom wears off the rose. Yeah. That, that that fandom will be fine. Yep. <laughs> okay, let's move on. It's time to talk about something that I am really excited to talk about, and I've been excited to talk about it since I finished the game, Resident Evil Four Remake. Um, the game came out on Friday. I finished the game. On Monday morning, I literally could not stop playing it, Matt. From the moment I got it, and I did get it, I got it like on Wednesday night. So I had a couple days, like head start on you guys. And so I finished it on Monday morning. Like you could probably finish the game in three strong days of playing. Mm -hmm. Like if you get up and you play like all day and then stop at like 10 at night or whatever. If you do that three days, you're going to finish it. It is about 18 to 20 hours long, roughly. I mean, if you know what you're doing, it's much faster. Oh, I mean, there are speed runs out there that... Well, the thing is, most of the speedruns are allowing people to use, like, the Game Plus, where you have, like, overpowered mm-hmm. weapons, and you have a rocket launcher to start the game. Like, I haven't seen somebody speedrun it, just the base game. Oh, I guarantee you that's the main speedrun for this. All the ones I'm seeing are, like, Game Plus. New Game Plus speedruns are not generally the... Yeah, the, I know, as far as records are concerned. Yeah. I haven't seen a speedrun of the base game yet to see what people mm-hmm. are doing it, how fast they're getting through it. But Probably no one has, like, perfected whatever that is to the point that they right. want to show it publicly yeah. yet. But they will. And you're right. Oh, yeah. Eventually, they'll yeah. cut that down to like a couple hours or maybe less. Like, oh, yeah. they'll figure out glitches to like get through stuff. So, um, I have finished the game. How far have you made it in? Oh, chapter seven or eight at this okay. point. Like, 
I've been been with Ashley for a while now. Yeah. Um, just enough. Which to is, if you have been with Ashley for a while, you're qualified to yeah, deliver you've your seen everything. Yeah. Because uh, um, after that, it's just permutations and combinations. After mm -hmm. that, um, I want to design or I want to structure our discussion in a way that we, I make sure that I touch on everything in the game. Um, let's talk about the story first. Matt, one thing I realized before we were recording the show yesterday, which was bunk because of the power outage, was that I never knew how Ashley ended up in Spain. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, the plot of the story is the president's daughter, Ashley, has been kidnapped by this religious cult, and she's in Spain, and Leon Kennedy is sent in to rescue her. But I never knew... How did she end mm -hmm. up there? Well, I knew she got kidnapped while she was in Europe for whatever reason. I never knew that. We looked at, I looked it up, and um, she was kidnapped by Krauser and brought to that village by him. Okay. Um, so now we actually know how Ashley ended up there. I don't, I don't remember if they say that in the game or if that's like a, probably maybe like a letter you can find or something. Mm -hmm. you know, I don't remember where that comes from. I always knew she was, I knew she didn't go to some random creepy village in Spain on vacation or anything. Yeah. Uh, someone just stumble into the but wrong it was village. It was apparently Krauser. Yeah. That. Okay. He played a big part in the game, obviously. Um, and they don't, the story in this does not change. No, it's pretty much the same. It's thing. pretty much identical. And... If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I mean, it might be a little broken because <laughs> there's just some parts in the game where you're like, what just happened? Like, for instance, they just let Leon live over and over and over again. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That's Resident Evil. I mean, a lot of degree. games do that where the villain is like, it all get you later and like they just leave and walk out a door like the time when, like my the funny and I, I don't remember if this is this happens the same way in the in the original but the one that I mean, the villains being weird arrogant dickheads who like wait for you to wake up to taunt you okay that's like standard you know serial villains shit like okay it's a pulp movie i get it the thing that made me laugh in this one was after you fight the lake monster mm -hmm. and he like passes out in the boat and then like wakes up and it's like oh you've been out for like hour like you've been out of touch for like four hours she said yeah and like they just picked him up and put him in a cell and <laughs> just walked away i'm like you guys are relentlessly trying to kill me at every other time in the game and you found me like completely vulnerable and you're just like oh let's put him to bed yeah, yeah i mean like, there's what? stuff like that all through this game just implausible stuff where you're like wait mm -hmm. a minute like why How well, especially after like the third time he has escaped and killed like 40 of you <laughs> like maybe just cut his throat just and call him. it a day yeah like, <laughs> they, they keep letting him live yeah. over and over the again. man has killed your favorite giant he killed your <laughs> lake monster he i mean he's very dangerous yeah. he's a giant dork and he's the only one who doesn't know that which i appreciate that they kept yeah. about him about leon um like but, he meets lewis and they partner up and then lewis leaves yeah well that's what people do they leave leon <laughs> like leon's entire character arc through all the games he's in is people leaving him yeah like leon must have giant abandonment issues like yeah. the only character who doesn't leave leon is ashley yeah she's the fir first character to ever stay with him for any length of time beyond a cutscene. yep um, and then there's just like, honestly, they're, the story is identical and they also haven't done anything else to really develop the story in or any better. There, it fails to develop the interpersonal relationships mm -hmm. between Leon and Ashley or Leon and Lewis. Like, I mean, they got rid of a lot of the weird dialogue that like was like. That became memes. Yeah, it would re, you know like some of the weird like the ballistics line is gone. Ballistics line, the zingers that like Leon would sometimes fire. He still off. says corny. Crap he still says corny things, but they're they're not like they don't sound like translation errors. Yeah, the way the, the that's other true. Said. Yeah, 
Um, but it's like you spend all this time with Ashley and like you don't really get to know her any better than you do in the, the original game. And she doesn't get to know Leon any better than she does in the original game. They just leave it kind of as it is. There was just a lot of opportunity to make the story in this more meaningful than they did. And they didn't do it. Now, the truth of the matter is this game is driven by the game itself because it just keeps throwing you into one compelling scenario after another. So it's very easy to just forget like some of the dumb crap that happens and just keep trudging forward because right around the corner, there's going to be something absolutely awesome to do. And that's what really carries the game. The variety, like some of the stuff that they removed out of this did take some of the variety out of it. But I would argue also that the stuff that they removed were like the weakest parts of the original game. Like a lot of the stuff that they did include that was more quirky from the original game, they've improved in this. Like the minecart chase scene, mm -hmm. way better in this. Like it's nowhere near as janky and weird as it was in the last one where you'd have like the guys jumping into the cart in front of you randomly while you're also trying to shoot. Like it was just a mess kind of in the first one. Mm. A lot of those sections of the game and this have been smoothed over or they've just been eliminated mm. altogether. Well, like in this one, there's an achievement for um, getting through the minecart without taking any damage. Yeah. And in the original, you're like, fuck you. Right. And like in this one, you're like, oh no, that's probably doable. You might doable. be able to do it. Yeah. 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 A little practice, but you could do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I have a question, actually, that maybe you can answer. I don't even know if you've got to this part of the game yet this time, but Salazar is actually named Ramon. Yeah. Was that the case in the original? I believe that was his first name. I thought they just name. called him Salazar. They did usually just call him Salazar, but I believe his name was Ramon Salazar. Okay. But in this, they call him Ramon. I believe his name is Ramon Salazar. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. I'm like, why are they calling him Ramon now? Like, I don't know why weird. they changed that. No. They changed him drastically. Yeah, well. Do you like the new... Salazar. It's fine. Yeah. Like, I don't care. I mean, you can't. He's really... not as goofy as he no. was. No. I mean, he was a cartoon villain in the first one. But, like, Resident Evil 4 was like a transition between, like, the goon, the goony version of Resident Evil. You know, you, we forget that the original Resident Evils were fucking comedy. They were tongue in cheek, yeah. I mean, I know they say that they were trying to be tongue in cheek with those live action scenes in the first Resident Evil. I do not believe that. I don't that believe that either. At all. I think that's like just that, what they that's made. That's just what they did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. And, like, all that's, you know, that, it took years for them to get past that. You know, Resident Evil 4 was the first time even the dialogue in a Resident Evil felt like. You know, even close to real people talking to yeah. each other, and it still wasn't quite there. But it was a hell of a lot better than hope. This is not Chris's blood, right? Kind of, you know, like <laughs> yeah. don't open that door. I, I mean, it's just. And then you go back. I went back to the Resident Evil remake a couple weeks ago, and like they fixed all that in the remake. But now, twenty years later, all the remake dialogue sounds ridiculous. Like mm -hmm. it, it, it's it's all fixed. You know, it doesn't sound like. You know, it's not you were almost a Jill sandwich, and in the in the remake, it's like it's like it's like a few more minutes, and you could have fit nicely into a sandwich. I'm like, that's not a, a better line. No, that's not. <laughs> that's that's not a good still way to very a weird. It's still an extremely weird thing to say. <laughs> I agree. Like, yeah. you, uh, just just stick with the master of unlocking shit yeah. if you're gonna go that way. So it's like, yeah, things just progress. And remember that 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 remake was made two years before this came out. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of, and, and this has gone through a similar sort of overhaul of, like, the story is the same, but a lot of the dialogue has been tweaked to be less bizarre. Um, but it's still, you know, it's, if you saw this in a movie, it would be about as good as a Resident Evil movie. Yeah. You know, like, that's about all you got. Now, they do do some, there's some subtle touches in kind of the periphery of the storytelling. For example, like, in the beginning of the game, in the village section, Leon bails out of the window and he hurts his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've noticed or not, Matt, the entire game, 
yeah. Leon he rubs his shoulder, rubs his shoulder yeah. and grabs his shoulder. Like there's little, especially after climbing out of things. Yeah, there's stuff, little yeah. stuff like that, like all the way through it. Like I don't know, like the rain. He reacts to the rain every time. Yeah, he hates the rain. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't even finished it. I'm still not sure why it's a thing throughout the whole game. Well, if you had that hair, you wouldn't want it to get wet either. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> Generally, like the story is just kind of like a passenger in this game. It's just a ham-fisted excuse to get no. you from one awesome scenario to another. Yeah, which is, that's how this series That's fine. Rolls. Yeah. Fine. I was a little disappointed. The characters had... are entertaining enough. You know, yeah. I know, Salazar's been toned down a bit, but I think, you know, Leon's still pretty funny and go uh, he's a goon. And yeah. you, you know, run into all these color colorful people. Ashley's pretty much a zero still. Mm -hmm. She's not. It's the thing is like she doesn't act like the standard sort of like weird anime little girl. Like oh no, how did like it's like what do you? Ah, I'm gonna stamp my foot and get it. But they also didn't think of a new personality to replace that. Yeah. So she's just sort of there. She's still a ditz basically. A little bit. I mean, she she's supposed to. She looks very out of place, but I think she's supposed to. She's dressed nicely. You know, mm -hmm. she's she's clearly from a different class of society yes. than everyone else in this game yeah, exactly you know and and that is uh clearly intentional uh she doesn't quite fit the setting because she's not from this set you know she's yeah. she's she was and it is nice of them to have allowed her to keep all her fancy clothing very clean yeah um well she gets dirty She's a little dirty. Her character yeah. model, she gets dirty throughout the course of the game yeah but when he rescues her from the dingy horrible cell that coat is pristine. <laughs> right. Yeah. And she only loses the coat like in the last like act of the game. She probably mm -hmm. still has the coat on. In she still game. has the coat on. Eventually she yeah. loses the coat and looks more like she does. She does in the original. Here's the merchant. Mm -hmm. They did a great job on the merchant. I was nervous about it after the demo. I was completely, I was completely unfounded. The merchant is awesome in this game. Yeah. I'm not, I'm still not sure how much I like chatty merchant. Um, he talks a lot, but he, he says some funny stuff, he too. He is pretty funny. Also, I understand why you had to do that, because he has so much more involvement. in the. Like He's not just the store. There's the shooting range, and there's like the all. The, there's a bunch of other things he's doing that, like, I don't know how you'd get around having him talk more. Yeah, like so he, there's a shooting range. He kind range. of has to be yeah, yeah. more of a character. There's and a I think you've, you've established that with, I can't remember his name in 8, the merchant in 8, who talks about him oh, briefly. Oh, the... the the portly guy. The big guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember he, his name he, either. He mentions this guy. He does, This merchant. Yeah. And, like, it's kind of implied that there is sort of, like, a global society of weird, mystical, teleporting merchants in the world. Like, he, it seems to imply that he's he's one of his colleagues or something. And I'm like, are we going to... Are we gonna get into this in like Resident <laughs> Evil Nine? Like, some are, real like, are you laying the groundwork for like Resident <laughs> Evil Nine Merchant Madness or some shit? Like, what is going on that here? That'd be awesome. Um, is that gonna be the mercenaries mode in the next game? It's just a bunch of merchants in a death match. Like, what's going? Yeah. A he death a match to chattier. sell. He's a lot chattier, but he has some great lines. Like the yeah. one time he said, um, after I bought something, he said, "A wise choice," and then he goes. I know I say it a lot, but I mean it. <laughs> like, what was the one, one I got when I bought a new guy? I bought like the, the Red Nine, I think. He's, he's like, oh, gun rhymes with fun for a reason, stranger. <laughs> I love him. I think he's great in this. Like, my fears were completely unfounded. Yeah. I think they did a great job. I, the other him. one I like is when you run into the store area and he goes, oh. Break time's over, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, snaps to attention. Yeah. Yeah, like, he's, like, slacking. I, I think he's great. Um, 
And then to your point, he does a bunch of stuff. So he's like your, he sells you stuff and buys stuff and you have the whole thing where you get the treasures and you insert the gems and then that, you know, mm-hmm. basically exponentially increases how much they're worth when you sell them. But then there's also this secondary market where you can buy things with these, these credits that you earn by completing side missions. Mm-hmm. The spinels. And the spinels are... Which I, if I remember, were just a normal sellable item in the original. I believe so. I think they were like the, the worst treasure you could get. I think so. Basically. Yeah. So in this, the, the problem is that like some of the most important upgrades are in that instead of just buying them with the currency that you earn and so if you need for example the red nine you just brought up i ended up that that's, oh andy t monahan mercenaries oh, mercenaries nice. mode yes <laughs> yes <laughs> that is it merchant aries that's copyright great. that right now <laughs> So I ended up choosing the Red Nine as my pistol that I wanted to use. Red for the Nine whole game. was my choice back in the old one too, but it's badass it is, and it's very strong. But I have actually, I can't remember the name of the one I've stuck with. It's like the 19 shot one that was in my inventory from I think, think the pre-order or something, uh, because it can use the red dot sight. Right, it can use the laser sight. They, the laser sight used to be able to attach to pretty much anything. Yeah, in the game. and in this, I think you can only attach it to two or three guns. Yeah. And I love the, the laser sight, and so I've stuck with that other one, which has done fine, but I do miss the Red 9. I, I believe very strongly they will re-add Red Sight in a patch Maybe. to everything, because that is one of the biggest complaints I've seen from people. So the Red which, if that's is, one of your biggest complaints, game's pretty good. It's pretty good, <laughs> yeah. The, so the Red 9, I, I actually chose it, and it's the, the thing is, it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. See right there, I just shot that axe out yeah. of here, by the way. It's very powerful, but it's very unsteady. Yeah. So you need the stock for it to make it feasible. The problem is the stock is in that other marketplace where you have to complete side yeah. missions to get it. I had gone on a buying spree and used all of my currency for that alternative market. And then they introduced the Red 9 and the stock. And I could not buy the stock for forever. Because the <laughs> other problem with the way this game is designed, Matt, is that it's very difficult, bordering on impossible, to go back and complete side missions from the early part of the game. There's no fast travel in the game. None. So you have to literally walk or run the whole way back to the beginning of the game at the village. And at that point, you're like 10 miles away. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going back to the village to kill a dog in the village to earn enough currency so I can buy this Mm -hmm. stock. So I had to put off using the Red 9 for a good, like, hour and a half or two hours before I built up that currency again to where I could buy it. So to me, there are trade-offs with that new system. I'm not sure why it really exists, to be honest. Um, I was not a fan of it. I like the side missions. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Like, I liked that there was these little things that you were doing while you're adventuring around. And nine times out of ten, it was like, shoot five rats or shoot five blue medallions or whatever. But it still forced you to examine the environments Mm. more closely. Yeah, I mean, the the kill the dog thing is given to you early enough to do uh, that when you pass the village again trying to get back to the chopper i didn't do it either because i was busy trying to get to the chopper and i was like oh it's in the chief i only the what the fucking chief's house is mm. like where I, how am i supposed to know whose house is whose yeah and i, I just didn't find it i didn't know so you know i didn't I, stumble across and it. i will probably end up i got it on the way back and i will probably end up having to go back to the village and do that for more spinels later yep. too but like um I mean, I tried very hard to do the the quests, the you know the the requests um, when I got them because mm-hmm. they are always near where you need to do the thing. Yeah, some of the finding the medallions was annoying. 
where you just had to comb like every centimeter of the oh, yeah. area around a they're on, they're on my map like yeah and so if you have the map you buy the map which mm. you also had to buy you also buy the maps in that other market mm. Um, that's where you get those from. So you're right. If you do have a map, it shows you where they are. If you don't have the map, like I didn't have the map for the very beginning for the farm area when yeah. I was trying to find. Well, the that farm area. I, I honest. I might. Not, I mean, I haven't played the game in over a decade, but like I felt like those were the same place as they were in the original. I, Matt, I'll be honest with you. I had forgotten so much about this game. So, but I, as soon as I saw those medallions, I'm like, oh yeah, like I remember doing that. Yeah, like, I, I couldn't find one of them. I searched high and low. And also, could am never I find it. am I crazy or were in the original were there were there treasures you could get that they were on like walls and you shot them down and they'd fall? Is Maybe. that or am I thinking of another game? Maybe. Like, I feel like I, I think rem- you're thinking of, like, shooting a bird and the egg falling, maybe? Maybe. I, I swear there were, like, like a little shiny thing. And you could see a little glint. A glint on it. Glint I remember that, too. Fall. There's something in my mind that is saying, yes, that that's accurate, but I can't yeah. place it for sure. Um, but anyway, the, the little side missions I thought are cool. They give you a little something else to do when you're going through the main game. So I thought that they were a pretty cool addition. Um, and then getting rewards for it are nice. I just didn't like how the rewards were tied into this other marketplace. Uh, one other complaint I had, though, is that there's no way to compare weapon ratings to see if it's worth upgrading up weapons or switching to a new weapon. Like or comparing between weapons? Yeah. To you, be, I mean, you can see it on the mer- on the merchant upgrade thing, but you'd have to put all the weapons in your inventory. Right, to do it. Because um, no easy- they, do, they do, to their credit, show you the maximum stats of the weapon when you're going to upgrade when you're going them. To upgrade them. Yep. <laughs> but there's no, like, most games, you have a weapon that you're using, mm-hmm. and then you hit, like, the triangle or the square, and then it shows you, like, this new weapon, and you can compare them, like, right mm-hmm. side by side. Like, there's nothing like that in this game, no. which is just a really uh, simple thing. But Well, Swan Senpai says you press square, it does, you can do that. Oh, I didn't see that at the bottom of the screen in the menu. I don't know. Interesting. Somehow I missed that. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, I already finished the game, though, so it's maybe a little too late. You can play it again. Maybe. Because that's what you're supposed to do. Well, I mean, it's good enough that I might actually play it again. I hardly ever... I mean, Resident Evil 4 has always been a really fun New Game Plus. Yeah. And there is a New Game Plus. They give you a lot of stuff to play with. Yep. Um, And then each weapon has an exclusive upgrade. So once you upgrade it 100%, then there's one extra upgrade. And most of the time, it's just like now damage is multiplied 1.5 times or whatever. Mm -hmm. The other thing, too, about upgrading weapons in this, you feel the difference. Yeah, they definitely are. Every little upgrade. Don't let the little point... 1.3 fool you. You feel the difference. It absolutely matters. Like, even, like, just upgrading your gun one power rating makes a world of difference with almost every gun. So the upgrades absolutely feel relevant and important. Um, And then another thing that was a little weird, you can only store your weapons and your first aid sprays. Mm -hmm. You can't store anything else. Yeah. You can't store attachments. You can't store any grenades. You can't store anything. The only thing is guns and first aid spray. That's it. I kind of, I kind of like that. It's, it's an interesting choice. It's an interesting choice, and I, I'm like the the what, the inventory size has been adjusted to, to fit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of liked it because it made me use things more. I'm like, yeah. well, I want, I, I mean, I want to. A lot of times, I will just let hand grenades like languish in the storage and stuff. But in this, I used it because I was like. Well, I want more space back in my inventory, so I guess I'll throw some grenades at people and like. I was like, oh, right. Okay. That, was, that, was, that, worked. <laughs> that, that was worked fun. Out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I haven't disliked that, really, in the end. Yeah. It's, it is a weird choice. Yeah. But, like... They've never really done it that way before. But I don't hate it. It like, got a, There were some times where I really needed an inventory slot, 
and yeah. I didn't want to just waste a grenade. Yeah, I mean, that's happened a couple, but for the most part, like, I felt like it kept me using the resources and making more ammo with to use mm-hmm. it, you know, so I didn't have all the, res- you know, the little, you know, small and large resources sitting around all the time. Yeah. Like, I felt like it prompted me to not hoard things, and uh, in the end, I think the game has been better for it. Yeah. Um, and partly that's just because of how I usually play. I usually do play to hoard everything in case I need it. And then I'm like, I'm the one that's at the on the final boss in a in an RPG, and I've got 99 health potions. Yeah. That I've never used. I mean, and I, I would too. And I wouldn't even have them any use them anyway because they don't do enough to matter at this late point in the game. I mean, with Resident Evil games in the past, I'm the guy who finishes the game with like five rocket launcher ammos right. and like all these acid rounds that I yeah. never used because I kept thinking I was going to need them for some impossible boss that never appeared. Mm-hmm. So and even if you time. do, the storage box is all the right. way back there. Yeah. I'm just going to fight him. You know, I, <laughs> I should change and alter how yeah. I play these games because you're right. Ultimately, you should just use the weapons they give you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the then, only thing I didn't like was like, if I'm not using this kind of weapon, I'd rather not waste the space in my inventory on like submachine gun rounds when mm-hmm. I don't have a submachine gun. Yeah. But like... I would like to store them till later in case I do, and you can't. Yeah. You have to. Oh, you just sort of have to keep. I did that. that with the bolt shooter. Yeah, same. I got it at first. Thought I was going to use it. Ended up not using. Didn't like it. it. Now I got bolts sitting around. I just ended yeah. up just giving, throwing it away, basically, yeah. um, which sucks. Um, another thing that's really important about this: you can use items and craft with them where they sit in the world, so mm. you don't have to add it to your inventory beforehand. That's a big deal. A lot of Resident Evil games won't let you affect things that are sitting in the world you have to wait until you put them in your inventory and then use them but in this game if you find an herb you can combine the herb with an herb in your inventory without without having right. to add it to you your don't, inventory. you don't have to find the slot in the yes, inventory that's first. a yeah. huge change it makes a world of difference in this game like i didn't have to leave you could do you could do that much. in the remake of two could you yeah i just forgot about that well i just played it two weeks ago oh, okay and Fresh that was memory. and then going back to a re, re1 remake you can't do that. Yeah. And it was, that was like one of the biggest things I had to it's get annoying. used to. It's so is, dumb. It, is that I can't just pick up a red herb and combine it with the green herb in my inventory. I have to pick up the red herb in my inventory and then combine them that way. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. It's always, it's been that way for a long time. Oh, it was, that was like, standard Resident Evil. That was, God, sta- I mean, that was standard survival horror period yeah, because of Resident Evil setting the, setting the standard for that. Yeah. Um, but no, in the remakes, you've been able to do that. It, yeah. is, it is one of the greatest quality of life changes in the Resident Evil It makes Evil a huge remakes. difference. Matt, why do you think Resident Evil 4, even it's an original version, manages to make the escort mission awesome? Every other game, escort mission suck. This is a whole game that's an escort mission, and it's incredible. What um, is it that they do that well, makes I, it work? I think it's a combination of giving you some control over what Ashley does. To but like, not too much. Not too much, but also... The fail state for it is very generous. Yeah. Like, you can chase some dude who's carrying her, like, across the, most of the map uh, half the time, and you won't lose the game. Yeah. Um, granted, there's situations where if she gets captured, you're surrounded by enough guys that you probably just, just die and start I over, just let know? her. I just yeah. die on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> just let them beat you to death and try it again. Yeah. Um, especially that first escape from the church. Yeah. Uh, is, is a rough introduction it to... It is. To, She's like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, right. At first, I was like, this is all broken because I couldn't get her through that graveyard. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter which route I took and whether I, because you have two options. You can choose for her to stay close or to kind of stick mm-hmm. back. It didn't matter whether I had her stay close or stayed back. She just always stayed back and would get caught by enemies. And by the time I get to her, she was gone. Yeah, like My solution to that ended up being what my solution is in all of all of this game Um I just killed everybody. Yeah. I said, stay here. I'm going I'm to murder just everyone. kill everyone. And then we'll and walk I did, away. And then we're going to leave. 
<laughs> yep. Oh, there's one guy with a Molotov cocktail. No, there isn't. Yeah. Like, that's, that's it. Man, there's nothing Her more. AI's pretty smart, too. Like, yeah, she, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, they just, it just seems like. It's nothing more satisfying, though, when you when you shoot a guy's dynamite in his hand and kill, like, six people oh, yeah. at once. I mean, they're... there's a lot of satisfying moments yeah. playing this game. Like I said earlier, the B-roll where I shot the axe. There was another moment that I didn't record where I shot an axe as it was thrown at me. It deflected from my bullet and hit an enemy and hurt the enemy. Mm. So the gameplay in this is mostly really effing awesome. Like, the, the new parries and all that, it changes everything, makes the game so much better. Um, and again, like I mentioned, like, all these little things that you can do, it's a little bit like Breath of the Wild in that it's all live. Like, all the physics are live. Like, if you can do something, you can do it. Like, you, you can deflect anything, mm -hmm. by the way. You can parry like them throwing a grenade at you. You yeah. can shoot a grenade out of midair. You can shoot yeah. the dynamite out of midair. Like... There's, I shot I shot the Molotov cocktail out of midair and it rained fire down on the guys yes, who were approaching me. Yeah, it was, it, it's, it's like it's like a little sandbox that you fill. Around. I never mm -hmm. got sick of the combat in this. All the way to the end, I was still excited about each skirmish and they the enemies slowly evolve over time that force you to learn new tactics. Like they bring out the shield guys. Suddenly you realize that the shotgun that you started the game with isn't good anymore because it couldn't destroy the shield. So then I upgraded to what was the next one? The striker maybe. What's the second one that they offer to you? For what? Second shotgun. I can't remember the name but, of well, it. So they give me the second one. That blasts through shields. And then it becomes like, okay, guy with shield comes at me, switch to the shotgun, blast his shield away, switch to the pistol, headshot. It becomes this rhythm, this dance that you do with the enemies. Now, 95% of the time, it's awesome. But... When you get when enemies get close to you, it turns into a shit show. Yeah, but, it's like you might but, as well just die and just start over at the checkpoint. Yeah, one of the um, one of the thing, one of my gripes with this game is like with how much they upgrade updated a bunch of stuff. I would like them. I wish they had updated Leon's movement about ten percent. Yeah, more. it needs like, a little bit of a tweak. Leon, there. Leon needs a dodge roll. He's also slow as shit. He is very man. slow. He can't he's, run like. He's not a like it's early on. I, I learned like okay, to. so like because I mean, look, just years of being trained by basically Souls games. It's yeah. like I keep hitting the the B button to to get out of the way. And some the worst thing is in a couple enemies you can do that. Like you like will the, the, once in a while. Like, like the the, the, yeah. the especially the big guys with the with the, with the hammers and stuff. Uh -huh. it, you do have a B evade dodge. Like yeah. he'll duck under things, but yeah. he doesn't with a normal yeah, it's odd. character. And I'm like, so you can't you got to click the stick and run away. Like you can run like towards the camera and get away. That'll usually work. Or um, I would like sometimes ducking up and down. Ducking. Helps me. Ducking will get through a crowd. Yeah, ducking lets you dodge their their lunges. <laughs> yeah. usually. but he needed more dedicated like it just got weird. agility. It moves. was borderline broken um, when you got surrounded by enemies. It was a little. It's just a little silly. Yeah. Um. It's and like it's kind of like what I said like when we talked about the demo and about one of the reasons that I'm that this game I don't find this game I don't find any game scary but particularly I don't find this one scary because largely it's an action movie. Yeah. But also like aren't you know are you in, I'm like I'm not afraid of the Ganados coming up close to Leon. I'm just annoyed because in a real situation you would fucking kick those people yeah. or like push like there, Leon doesn't have a get off me move and he nope. desperately needs one. I mean, you should just let him do his other melee stuff or suplexes and stuff up close. And by the mm -hmm. way, man, I only landed one suplex the whole game and it has to be one of the most satisfying things <laughs> I have done in a video game in years. Mm -hmm. Like I don't just one time in the whole time I played it, things set up perfectly for me to suplex somebody. And when it happened, I literally cheered out loud. Mm -hmm. I went, yeah! <laughs> there's a lot of good There's a lot of good moments. Like, yeah! Actually, Stuff like that happens all the time. One of, in one of my favorite things was like, 
it was an accident, but I was running from from some guy trying to get some space, and I saw some yellow barrels. I'm like, well, I also need ammo, so maybe mm-hmm. there's ammo in there. And I hit the thing, and he, you know, he does his overdramatic roundhouse kick yeah. to like knock the. And when he did it, his foot happened to connect with the guys I was chasing. It was chasing me and knocked them both over. Yeah. And I'm like, I love, <laughs> I love that that animation. Ca- there's a lot of games where that animation wouldn't do anything but break the barrels and right. not interact with the yeah. other characters. But in this, it does. And I'm like, that was a pretty great moment. I didn't intend to do it, but I felt really smart yeah, for yeah. doing that thing by accident. Well, it there's was- a strategy behind using the roundhouse kick in how you orient yourself to the enemies because it's a crowd control ability. Mm-hmm. And so if you're smart with it, once you set one guy up for the roundhouse kick, if you angle yourself correctly as you come in for the kick, you can line up a bunch of other guys and take down like three or four dudes with one roundhouse kick. And that did feel a little loosey-goosey to me. Like, I got to the point where I'm like, okay, the guys are all on the left-hand side of this enemy. I'm going to come in from the right to line up the guys behind him. And sometimes the kick would still, like, kick him straight instead of kick him at the Mm -hmm. angle that I came in from. That yeah, could it's be a little. Tweaked. It's hard to know. Much like a little bit like Dark Souls, it's hard to know when behind is behind. Yeah, yeah. So there's a little bit of unreliable stuff, but overall, man, like the emergent stuff that just happens in this little sandbox that they've created is mm. awesome. And these moments, just yeah, pop even up when you got even when I've had to redo sections like the chase out of the church, mm-hmm. it, ne- once the once it starts, it never unfolded the same way. No, twice. it was different every time. Yeah. The enemies were never in the same place. They never did the same thing. Like, like they start in the same places. Like the same yep. guy, you know, the same woman's right there in front of the church. The yep. same guy with a torch comes into the gate. But as soon as the action starts, it all, all bets goes are off. out the window. It can all yeah. go to hell. <laughs> you have yeah. really no idea. It's really great, man. Like I'm a gameplay first guy, and I love the living hell out of this gameplay. Um, Cinetyke, there's a suplex. How do you do it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like you have to down a guy, and he has to be in a very specific position, and you have to come in from behind. Mm-hmm. And that's how it happened. I saw the I saw suplex and I was like, oh my god. And I ran as fast as I could over because to- <laughs> the worst part of this game is like Le- Leon runs so slowly mm-hmm. that you'll stagger somebody and you go to run and yeah. like a second before you get to them, you're like, the dude, prompt- like you gotta be somewhere. Come on, Leon. <laughs> and by the time you get there, it's too late, and then the enemy gets like in a cheap shot. But yes, in a tight, it was just all luck that I finally landed a suplex. It wasn't really anything that I had done. Um, I had just, everything lined up, the stars aligned, and I managed to pull one off, and it was amazing. Um, There's other little, like, kind of niggling issues other than, um, you know, the CQC, the close quarters combat kind of is weird, and, you know, again, I think you should be able to use the kick whenever you want to. But then there's some sections that are just complete garbage where you're just going to die. Like, there's one part where there's, like, a big pile of boulders, and you put the TNT on it, and, like, the boulders roll at you and just kill you instantly. There's another section in the game where you walk down this path, and boulders fall from the cliff on the left and just kill you instantly. There's I mean, another... that was just Resident Evil back yeah. then. Like, again, playing that the RE1 remake, there's a lot of stuff like that in there. Yeah. It's that trial and error thing. It's like, oh, you didn't know that this was going to, you know... And I hadn't said, you know, it was worse then because at least this thing auto saves pretty common. Yeah, like, yeah. I lost like an hour of progress because I was like, I don't worry about saving into this thing. And I forgot that you have to electrocute the giant shark before you jump down and get that. Oh, right, like, right. And it was instant death. And yeah. that was it. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't care. It doesn't. Yeah. These, yeah. This is not as far, you know, what? How, how long after one is this? Like seven years? Yeah. Eight roughly, years? Yeah. Like this is not that long. Yeah. Yep. Um. Resident Evil 1 felt ancient when this game came out, but honestly, that wasn't that long. It wasn't a huge span of time that separates this game from that game. Yeah. There's little weird things like, why am I shooting locks off doors? Like, why? 
Like, just let me open the door. Like, mm. why are you making me waste one round and, like, pull my well, gun Well, there's out? also an element of, like, there is not a chance in hell that door would hold up to a kick from a oh, grown I- man. Like, it's just, like, it, <laughs> yeah. there's moments yeah. where I'm just like, just break it, dude. Like, who cares? Like, like I really think you could pry the, the sticks, like, surrounding the key in the shrine apart. And just, yeah. it's held together by deer sinew, dude. Like, yeah, just yeah. fucking shoot it now one thing you can't do with things in the world is you can't load your guns with ammo that is in the world Mm. which is annoying and that is an old hangover you have to pick it up first you have to get it in your inventory first yeah you can't just like load your gun off of something that you're trying to pick up that's a little bit annoying i guess i never thought to want to do that yeah and then one thing that I really like—I did about not have this, a problem with ammo in this game. Like, it seems I, like there's plenty because you can craft. Because you can your craft own your own—that's that, key, and that's also why I don't mind the fact that the enemies tend to respawn. Or there's going to be more enemies when you come back through an area, or there's more mm-hmm. of them in general. Yeah. Because I can craft thanks to the thanks to the the, the gunpowder thing, I can craft the type of ammo I want to use. Yeah. I'm not—you're not beholden to how many handgun bullets you find, or how many shotgun bullets you find, or how many rifle bullets you find. If you want to use, if you want to use the rifle. And the and the pistol for the fight with the giant, you can craft a bunch of ammo for that, even yeah. if you haven't found it. And that, you know, it. I feel yeah. like I have control over that, and I'm not at the mercy of where the ammo's been placed, and so I don't mind that. I think that's I think the gunpowder crafting system in this is a great addition, and obviously they've had that in the previous remakes. Yeah. But I think this is the best Im- implementation yeah. of it by Agreed. far. Um, I also love how it handles enemies becoming hosts for the parasite. So there's moments you probably saw in the B-roll earlier where there's like little spider things that crawl around and they'll jump up on a Ganado and like try to drill into their brain. Well, if you start shooting them, it becomes this weird thing where you're like, should I shoot the parasite or should I shoot the Ganado? And at what moment does the parasite take over the Ganado to where I should start focusing on shooting the Ganado instead of shooting the parasite? And it's this weird mental gymnastics that you do in the middle of co- of combat while it's happening. Again, just emergent stuff that just happens while you're playing. We're like, what the hell? I've never had to think like that in my life while playing a video game. Just really cool, interesting moments that just pop up out of nowhere. Um, I mentioned earlier about how some scenarios are just set up for instant fail to just kill you. There's also some that are just mean-spirited. Like, at that farm in the early part of the game, like, they used the bear traps in this so <laughs> evilly, man. And, like, they They'll know- introduce an enemy... Like an and they enemy. know it too, because Leon will get oh, trapped yeah. and be like, Ugh. like, yeah. he's, like he's so as annoyed as you are. Right. So you're walking. There's no enemies. An enemy pops up, and what's going to happen? You're human. You're going to focus on the enemy. You mm-hmm. pull out your gun. You set up the enemy, and they put a damn bear trap on the ground right in front of you. They do crap like that all the time. I mean, that's <laughs> smart trap lane. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I, I found some of the stuff. To That's be a what little... traps are for, Shane. <laughs> I found some of the stuff to be a little bit uh, mean spirited. And Barry Lomax brings up a good point. They don't do any damage. They just delay you, mm. um, which is, you know, sometimes they grab you and you have to shake out. of Don't that. they? Because I swear I lost life on, uh-uh. on a couple. No, of they them. don't do actually do any health damage at all. Hmm. Yeah. I, I checked like five different times to make sure. Um... Well, then I care even less. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I did use, I tried to use the bolt gun and like you could play, you place mines with it. But one thing that it drove me crazy. Is like, the, what are you supposed to do here? Nothing. You, you, like I wanted this. Sh- now I'm cornered by five guys. Like, what do you, like, what is the solution here? I guess just well, I got use lucky up your knife. That he grabbed me, which allowed me to do the toss that 
push the guy's back. Yeah, here's the. It's, it's all like yeah, kick through the door. There he is. What do you say? There's the chainsaw guy kicking through the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you do certain things in this section, he'll either kick through the door or he won't. Mm. If you go to the safe house and try to board up the safe house, then he just shows up in the courtyard and fires up mm. the chainsaw and comes after you. If you languish in the village, then he busts through the door and yeah. comes in. And I said, like, did you see the the thing about the with the bell? Yeah, like you, well, you, you told me that. I didn't yeah. know it. Yeah, if you if you you probably it's probably like more of a new game plus because it helps to have a rifle with a scope. But if you shoot the church bell, it ends the fight. Yeah, I had no idea. Like you can you, shoot the bell in the and tower, it just, and, and, and it just starts. You know, because when and the bell rings, it. they all go back into church. If you just yeah. shoot the bell, that's the end of the the chase. The chainsaw guy won't even come out. Yeah, it's uh again. This game just has all kinds of cool little stuff like that hidden in it. If you just fiddle around with again it's like everything's alive in this world everything's there it's real how you interact with it is how things well, play out leon's not alive anymore well not anymore <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing that's great about this game the kill animations like i made sure to include some of those in the b-roll so you guys can see them because for a lot of resident evil fans it's one of the highlights how all the different ways that leon or whoever can get killed and there's some pretty cool ones in this game to be sure um what else um, oh, so I was talking about upgrading weapons. I also found myself a lot of cases I was afraid to spend the big money on the last couple upgrades on a weapon because I was always afraid that the next time I came back to the merchant, there was going to be a better gun there that I was going to need to buy and then spend all that money on the first like three levels of upgrades to get it up to speed versus the old weapon. It's kind of like this yin and yang that you go through with playing this game and deciding whether you want to upgrade weapons or not. Is, um, you know, well, I'll just, I could get to the next merchant and all of a sudden he has the next shotgun that I need or whatever, but I really want to upgrade my pistol right now. It's again, mental gymnastics that you go through trying to figure out what's the best course to get through the game. Um, here's something that happened to me that was kind of crazy if talking about kind of emergent stuff that just happened. So I killed Menendez. And by the way, I like the old Menendez better from the original mm. RE4. He has seemed more evil and mean to me than he is in this one. He's, he's more of like a cartoon character in this, I felt like. Hmm. Um, but anyway, I killed Menendez, the boss fight, in the barn, and first try, I would add, and I'm jumping down, and the barn is on fire. I jumped down, I accidentally touched the flames, <laughs> and it killed me, and I had to start the boss fight all over, and then I couldn't beat him. <laughs> I, had, I ended up fighting him like eight more times before I beat him the second time. I beat him the first time. And then couldn't beat him seven straight tries, which also shows you the variables in this game mm -hmm. and how it, each skirmish is different. Like, just because you made it through one time doesn't mean you're going to be able to make it through a second time. To your point earlier about how, like, two skirmishes never play out the same way in this game. So, or how, it, yeah, two, a, a single skirmish will never play out the same way twice in this game. Um, even when it comes down to boss fights. Like, they, there's X factors in there that can mix things up for you. Um... What else? I mentioned no fast travel. I found that to be really annoying. Like, it's so simple. They do give you, like, this weird... I don't know if you're even there yet. But they do give you this weird, like, train car that you can use that will kind of take you back to the beginning of the castle. Mm. You still have to fight, go back through a part of the castle and then the whole village section to get back to the beginning of the game. But there's no fast travel in this. It really could use it. Like, if it just let you travel to the, each merchant. Like, once you unlock a merchant... You can travel to that merchant. That makes too much sense to me. I'm not sure why they didn't include it in this, but it's not, and that was a little annoying. And then, are you, were you surprised that the typewriters don't matter in this? 
Oh, nah, I mean, there's, there's, that's also where the storage is and stuff. But, I mean, but... what's the point of having them? Because the checkpoints in this are very generous. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to save at the typewriters at all. And I regretted it at the end of the game because it, it hurt my ranking how many times I had saved. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to save at the typewriters in this. It just auto-saves it like... Yeah, the autosave is very active. Yeah. So, you you know, if you haven't played this yet, like, don't sweat, like, saving at typewriters. Yeah, I pretty really much... Ju- I only really manually save between chapters. Yeah. And it offers that after you finish yeah. a chapter if you want to save. So, I, I think they just left it in for nostalgia. Yeah, sake. I think it's just there for continuity. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the the graphics. You'll be glad to know that they toned down the rain significantly in the yeah, final the version of the game. Yeah, the rain doesn't look bad anymore. It, it, as we thought, it was an easy tweak, and they tweaked it, and it looks fine now. Um, I had problems, and maybe this didn't happen to you, Matt. I had problems with my OLED shutting off playing this game. Hmm. If there was a big explosion, so the one section where you have like the trebuchets, mm-hmm. and they're like basically launching these huge like bombs onto you. Yeah. Anytime one of those bombs hit me, my TV shut off. Mm. If the screen would go white, the TV just shut off. I could I, replicate it every time. My guess would be that that's a variable uh, resolution thing, and your TV is not adjusting to the resolutions. Or your TV is actually trying to adjust the resolution switch, but it's not supposed it's to. Weird. It's weird. It doesn't happen with any other game but this one. And yeah. I could replicate it over and over again. All I had to do was let one of the bombs yeah. hit me. And if the screen went completely white, my TV just shut off. Yeah, I mean, I have that hasn't happened to me, but I'm playing on PC, oh. so I assume presumably that monitor is more prepared for something yep. like that. Yep. But I mean, I w- it wouldn't surprise me if my TV did that too, because it has that same thing where like the variable refresh rate happens, and sometimes it goes black for it a sucked. couple seconds. So I just had to be on guard to hit pause very quickly, because mm-hmm. like once the screen goes dark, you have no idea what's happening. So you just hit pause and just hope that something didn't happen while you weren't watching. Um, Cutscenes in the game, there are some that are pre-rendered. In fact, all the good ones are pre-rendered because he always has the same handgun in every mm-hmm. cutscene. And I actually ended up selling that handgun like a couple hours into it. I didn't even have the handgun anymore. And in the cutscenes, it's showing the old handgun. Yeah, so. by the time he first confronts the, the big guy in the hat. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he, Menendez, yeah. yeah I mean, he, he loses the gun. And I was like, oh, that's not my gun. Yeah. That's not the gun I was yeah. using. So the yeah. cutscenes were pre-rendered. That's... A little weird and a little lazy for 2023, but whatever. That's just nitpicking. Um, and then, I don't know if you even played with surround sound, Matt, but I thought the surround sound in this sucked. Um, I didn't play like with surround sound. directional I have, surround sound? I don't have surround sound on my PC. No. Oh. Well, the directional surround sound in this was terrible. Like, you could never tell where the enemy sounds were coming from. Oh, back pieces the typewriters are for professional difficulty where there is no autosave. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. That makes sense then. But didn't you think maybe they just remove it for other difficulties instead of having them there? I don't yeah, know. I mean, that's a lot of work to do a whole... Well, it doesn't... Who cares? Yeah. Um, but anyway, I thought the surround sound in this sucked. Um, it, the directional stuff, like, I never felt like it was actually working accurately and telling me where the enemies were off screen. Hmm. Um... I'm trying to, th- I can't think of, I mean, mine does like a, sil- a simulation of, you know, the stereo simulation of 3D audio or whatever. I can't think of really, it, has, it sound really hasn't made much of an impression on me one way or the other. Well, I think the sounds great, mm-hmm. like as far as the actual audio and the Foley work yeah, and the sound it's, effects it's and fine. the voiceover, but it's just how it's mixed together directionally in surround, and I tried three different mo- sound, surround sound modes to see if they were, imp- it got better, it didn't get better. So, big complaints with that. Um, that's something that I actually pay attention to because I have a pretty awesome surround sound setup, and I could never tell where the enemies were coming from from the direction of the sound, mm. which I found pretty odd. Um, and then value wise, it I took- could I could tell that 
I could tell where they're where, like if I heard a guy talking, I could tell he was over here or over there. Not for me, man. Hmm. And sometimes it would be like I'd hear him on the right and they're actually on the left. Like, oh, that, yeah, that didn't happen. There's all kinds of goofy stuff. I don't use the sound as that much of a cue that often, but a couple of times I've heard them and I've known there's another one there's another one like over there. So I'm I'm gonna angle this way. Interesting. And that has worked yeah. a couple times. It didn't work for me. But again, you know, who knows how the PS5 is outputting things versus the PC is outputting things. You know, that, yep. that stuff can be your setup. It can be the system. It can be God knows. Well, also, Remember the time? What was it? It was some Star Wars game where they reversed. Uh, oh, no, it was a movie. It was one of the Star Wars movies on, I think, Blu-ray. They they flipped the whole surround channel. So, like, all the sounds oh, that were supposed to be coming out of the left were coming out of the right <laughs> oh, and vice God. versa. And I'm like, that's a that's Star Wars. Wow. Who, what a monumental They invented up. that stuff. That yeah. was THX. See, actually, right here, you can see where he, instead of coming mm, through the fence, mm-hmm. he just appears in the... In yeah, the I, I've never been in there. I don't... I think every time I play the demo in this, I was... So you Close. went back and got the shotgun out of the house afterwards then? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, it took me about 18 hours to complete. That's great. Like, for a $60, $70 game, I'm totally fine with 18 to 20 hours to play. With replay. I mean, yep. you're, you're, again, you're, there's reasons to play afterwards. this again. You get a bunch of cosmetics that you can use to play. You have your entire arsenal that you can play with. So now you're playing the village with a rocket launcher or whatever mm-hmm. other weapons you got through your first playthrough. Now you're playing with power. Yep. Um, and I think it's, I think I may play this again. It's that good. I enjoyed it that much. Um, I think in general, what I would say is that this game is way better than the original in pretty much every conceivable way. Yeah. I didn't really miss anything from the original game at all. No. Nothing that they removed. I I mean, I'm not familiar enough with it. The only thing I missed is the, is the red dot site is the laser, not the laser site. I wish the laser site still attached to pretty much everything. Yeah. It's a little more picky now what you can attach it to. Um, but that's about it. That's, that's my only main. The Krauser boss knife fight way better in this than it was. Mm -hmm. It's not some weird QTE thing anymore. It's a real like active, like combat situation that you fight him in. Um, I did like the old Mendez better. That's about the only thing I can say that I like more about the original that I liked about this game. And in fact, I would say in general, I was surprised, honestly, how little had changed. It is a very yeah. faithful. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think they needed to change too much. Yeah, like they this game is still you know the original game is still one of the best games ever made. Yeah, and and yeah. that's what I would say after playing this. It is one of the best games ever made, Matt. Mm-hmm. This game it came out in two thousand five. And it's one of the best games I've played in the last 12 months in 2022 and 2023. Like, yeah. we were right, dude, back in 2005 when we were like, this is one of the best games ever, and it's going to be one of the best games well, one ever. Of the, somebody, I just saw somebody point out that, like, it was, like, you know, the current releases or whatever, and it was they, it was this, uh, Tales of Symphonia, and Metroid Prime Remastered, and they're like, the GameCube's having a great 2023. <laughs> That's funny. Yep. Um, so anyway, this game is just incredible. Like, I, I recommend everybody go buy this. Like, if you're squeamish or whatever, maybe don't buy it. But it's absolutely incredible. It's one of the best action games ever made still. After all this time, mm-hmm. I just I just had a blast playing this. I couldn't stop, Matt. I literally could not stop. And when the game ended, I was sad. Hmm. I can't say that about a game, and I don't know how long. Where I got to the end, and I wasn't like, whew. Because we have to grind through these games, you know. We can't just mm-hmm. play them at our leisure like a lot of people can. And a lot of times, you know, you learn to account for it and how you evaluate games. But still, at the end of games, sometimes you're dragging your ass across the finish line. No such thing in this game, man. When it ended, I was like, no, I want more. 
Um, and it sounds like there's going to be DLC for this, which means you are going to get more. Well, mercenaries stuff. Yeah, I thought there might be a story something or other for this. No, I mean, presumably they would do that, that Ada side story yeah. thing. Yeah, I thought there might be. And if it sells really well, maybe they'll... I would, I would not be surprised if they did that. I don't know if they've said one way or the other whether yeah. that's happening. I know Mercenaries is coming in like a week and a half or Yeah, I think, I think they announced it. It's called like Separate Ways or something. Is that what it is? It's about right. you splitting with Ada, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought for sure I read that somewhere. Um, so anyway, I wholeheartedly recommend this game. I freaking loved it. I loved it back in 2005. I love it just as much, if not more, now. Are, are you in agreement with that? You recommend people buy it? Yeah. I, I think it's... I mean... For my money, I think it's the best game of the year so far. It is, yeah. It really is. <laughs> and I hope it's not ultimately. I hope I don't I don't think it will be, but like yeah. you know, it's it, it's man, I mean it's based on one of the I maybe the best game of that generation. Yeah. It's up I think there. It was, yeah. I'd have to really look at the other games that came out in that generation, but like certainly yeah. it's certainly the best GameCube game for my money. Um so like yeah, like I they, they didn't fuck it up. They didn't. Like, they, they did it all right. You know, I, I mean, I wasn't too worried about that in the first place, but I yeah. mean. OCD Master's asking, game of the year. It's a, So it's, far. It's in the conversation. I mean, this Hogwarts Legacy is up there for me, too. But already this year is off to a great start. Yeah, the nominee list The nominee list for the for game of the year this year is going to be a, a murderer's row. Yeah. I think you got that. You got Hogwarts. You got maybe Starfield. You have uh, Zelda. You have um, Jedi Jedi Survivor, uh, Spider Man Two. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of heavy hitters still still coming up. Like it's gonna be a it's gonna be a year and a half right here. Like it, it, it ain't saying, gonna be 2022 again. I'll, t- I'll tell you that much. Some people are saying that they that the cutscenes weren't pre rendered. That they that Leon and Act. Well, I don't know if costumes. They might have just pre rendered the costumes in the cinematics as well. That would be more work than just doing it real time. Yeah. Like, and, co- and that would take up so much space. Um, That's weird that they wouldn't switch the gun, though. Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't switch the gun. Also, it wouldn't make sense because you can change the costume, so why would you switch? You, the pre-renders would have to switch him back to the costume. Like, I can understand you you can't switch, so if Leon's using, like, a, an SMG. Yeah, my guess is that the reason that is is because they want him to be having the pistol, and, like, right. if they you're not... they don't want to reanimate it for a if you're not using a, If you're not using a pistol and you're holding a shotgun, they don't want to read it, so it's just going like, to... They're just going to pretend that's his default gun. So, which is fine. Like, yeah. I didn't... I, they didn't seem pre-rendered to me. God of Gamblers 33. Leon shoots the bell and cancels the separate ways DLC. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's tired of being left behind. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, AJ the Legend Watson. Would you suggest those who never played the original RE4 do so? Or is this now the definitive version? Oh, this is the definitive. Yeah, I would version. not go back and play the old RE4. I really can't think of any reason to. I my only I would say play this and then if you want to, go back and play the original and just see how close it is. Yeah. See how how see how little of it had to be updated. How yeah. how much it's still very similar in Stands the experience. Up after all this but time. it's just this one obviously has modern tech graphics presentation. Yeah. You know, this is going to be a more this is going to be a smoother play in, you know, in 2023. Yeah. But Kevin Rafa, are there any QTEs in the game? Yes. There are moments where you have to like mash the X button to break out of like holds and yeah. there's stuff like that, but there's no like And if you consider like, you know, press X when you run up to melee somebody, right. you know, it's not a it's not a real time melee, it's a it's technically a QTE. But there's nothing like in the in the original where you're like 
And there is, you know, I guess there is, like, when you get up on the back of the giant to kill the worm thing, you do have to hammer the yep. the, the R1 button to, to slash like the slash There's, like, button QTEs, yeah. but that's But there's nothing, like, there's nothing like the, the fight with Krauser is, isn't, like, you know, that right. was a full Q. A that, was a, that, was a, that was a Shenmue fight, basically. Somebody in chat said that they like that, <laughs> that they like that battle. <laughs> that they're upset that it's not a QTE battle anymore. Uh our Robert Diana 21 thank you for Twitch Prime man that's awesome uh, El Guapo's correct the game of that generation is Shadow of the Colossus that's my favorite game of all time <laughs> sometimes I forget I would that disagree with a... that but different st- strokes for different folks. sometimes I forget that's the same it era. is the same gen yep so there you go that's the Resident Evil 4 remake another contender for game of the year in 2023 now I would just say in general when it gets to the end of the year if I have a game that I enjoyed equally to Resident Evil 4 I will pick the new original game over Resident Evil 4. If this were a little more different than mm. the original, if it actually strayed more away from the original, I might reconsider mm. that. Or but if, this had, if Resident Evil 4 didn't exist and this just came out out of nowhere. Right. It would be like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, it would be a renaissance for the, it for would this, be. For the yeah, series. It would be. Absolutely, for the series still. And it's old. It's crazy that they've made games after RE4 that were nowhere near as good as RE4 mm. and on every level. So... That's two thumbs up from Game Face for the Resident Evil 4 remake. Again, it's plenty long enough. You're not going to feel like you got um, ripped off. Backbeat makes a good point. Baldur's Gate 3. This versus Baldur's Gate 3. I don't know. I have to play the final version of Baldur's Gate 3. Baldur's right. Gate 3 is going... You've already played it. I have, but like Baldur's Gate 3 has gone through a lot of changes and mm-hmm. tweaks and updates and new classes. And I mean, it's hit the point where I'm like, I'm just not going to touch Baldur's Gate 3 until it goes 1.0 in August. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that's another content. That's Albion Game of the Year conversations without question, I think, unless they completely screw something up in the next three months, yeah. which I don't think they will. Like, there's going to I mean, there's going to be like six or Diablo seven. Diablo 4. Yeah. Um, there's going to be six or seven contenders for yeah, Game of the Year. Uh, Jeff's going to have to ex- have to Oscar-style expand the Game of the Year <laughs> nominee list to 10 or something. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a, a lot. tough year, no doubt about it. And this is just another one to add onto the pile. Um, Swan, Swan Senpai, does this get you excited for the five remake? Well, let's see if the five remake exists. First. I don't think that's going to happen. There are par- really there are apparently remake. elements of the um, of the mercenaries thing that imply that that mer- that five might be on their next that next on their target list. I think they should go back and do give this modern remake treatment to Resident Evil One. Agreed. I think I think having one through four all given this yeah. treatment is, is the best smart. Is, is the best smart? What the hell is wrong with me? The, is the best smart? What did I just say? <laughs> RE Five isn't that old. Like I don't think it's needs remake. I think RE Five needs a redo just because it sucks. It's not very good. Um, it I don't, really is. Just I don't game. think six is salvageable i think yeah. leave six for what it is leave, yeah. six is ridiculous six is the logical end point of people not understanding why four was great making something they're trying to compete with four with and just missing the target in every imaginable way it was resident evil potpourri yeah it's like they just yeah. grabbed little s elements from all the different games and i put think them in the, one. the fact that the six in the logo accidentally looks like a giraffe getting a blowjob is the is the perfect <laughs> It's the perfect emblem for that game. Um, I think six needs to stand forever as this like weird pinnacle of like we don't know we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Just play the next one and see that we figured it out. You know, yeah. Um, Mr. Starwalker says I want Code Veronica too. You might want to go back and play Code Veronica. Code Veronica is 
garbage. It's really not good. Which is funny because at the time I thought it was the best one. Well, yeah, because it was it was three D. It was mind blowing. It was the first first time. time. It was the first time it played as well as Silent Hill. Yeah, they got rid of the tank controls to some degree. Um, But you go back and I remember going back to try to play that when they put it out the the X version on Xbox 360, Mm -hmm. and even my friends who were like diehard Resident Evil horror game like it's all they play is survival horror. They couldn't wait for Code Veronica. It's the best one. We can't wait. I can't wait to play. They all gave up in one night. Yeah. They're like, "Oh no, this is not playable anymore. This yeah, is terrible." Good. And it's not a, it's not an important story nope. in the series. In I the think canon. Yeah. redo one, so you have one through four in this. Honestly, all four, all three of these remakes have been top quality. They really have. Yeah. Um, I don't even like Resident Evil three very much, but that is yeah. a great, great remake. Yeah, they of did that a great game. job on it. Yep. Uh, do that to one. You got a flawless, basically a flawless modern version of one through four. You can Quartet. bring forward for generations to come. Yep. And then do it. I mean, do whatever you want. Like remake five, remake zero. Zero like, probably would be the better. Zero one could probably use it. Yep. More than anything else. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. So there you go. That's the Resident Evil Four remake. Next up, I just realized that I misspoke earlier when I said that the biggest game announcement of the week was the 2K kart racing game because the biggest game announcement of the week was Counter Strike Freaking Two. Out of nowhere, mm. seemingly, Valve is like, here you go. Here's Counter-Strike 2. The crazy part is it's coming out, like, really soon. Um, are you a big Counter-Strike fan, Matt? Did you play it a lot back in the day? I have played about five minutes of Counter-Strike. Okay. Like, every place I've ever worked, I, I, Counter-Strike would be a thing off and on. I cannot emphasize to you enough how much Counter-Strike is not a thing I care about. Yeah. Well, you don't really like shooters either. So. I don't like shoot, but also this is the most bare-bones, boring implementation <laughs> of what a multiplayer shooter can be. And for and some I reason, it's I, well, I think colossal. That's, but I think that's why it's colossal, because it's very pure. That could be. Uh, I just don't care about the thing it's pure. Yeah. Uh, you know, like... Uh, um, but I get you know I know I know all the dust jokes and all that. Yeah, you know, I, I get it. But I I I didn't know this is not also prediction. This will come and it will go, and Counter Strike One will remain king. You think so? Absolutely. Okay. Um, this is coming this summer as a free upgrade to Counter Strike Go. Um, there's a closed. Oh, uh, it's an upgrade. Maybe it doesn't matter then. Yeah. There's a closed beta happening for the big time players right now. You don't have to buy it. I think it's free. Yeah. Then it, yeah, I guess this will just be what Counter Strike is from now on. It does seem like they're trying to make sure they do not lose people because you can bring your entire CS:GO inventory with you in a Counter Strike 2. I mean, that's smart. You got yep. you got to do that. Not only will you keep every item you've collected you over the years. You can't make people start over. Yeah. After how many years? God. When did Counter Strike come <laughs> I out? I don't even know. I mean, it was like a mod for Half-Life. Yeah. Or Half-Life 2. Was it Half-Life, Half-Life or two. Half-Life 2? It was Half-Life 1. Yeah, I think it was. It was. <laughs> this and Team Fortress were like yeah. the big mods for Half-Life. Yeah. And they've both become big games on their own. Um, so you can keep your whole collection, but they'll all benefit from the Source 2 lighting and materials. Um, in addition to supporting legacy models and finishes, all stock weapons are upgraded with high-resolution models, and some weapon finishes take advantage of the new models. Um, from the UI to the gameplay, all the visual effects have been completely reimagined. Uh, with an all-new look and behavior for water, explosions, fire, smoke, muzzle flashes, bullet tracers, impact effects, all that stuff has all been reworked. Um, Valve has completely reauthored explosions, fire, C4 lighting, everything. Like, they've completely reworked the entire thing in the Source Engine 2. Smoke grenades are insane now. They're dynamic, volumetric objects that interact with the environment. And Matt, when you shoot through the fog, it creates a hole in the fog hmm. that you can then keep seeing through and keep shooting through. That's pretty freaking cool, man. That's a cool effect. Uh-huh. Man. 
Um, so that's one of the big additions, the new smoke grenades and how they're handling smoke in the game. Um, smoke now has the ability to interact with other gameplay events, creating new opportunities, bullets, and grenades push the smoke as well. Um, now the smoke can seep out of opened doorways, which could add cover. So if you drop smoke inside, it could actually seep outside and keep people from peeking inside the building that you're inside. Um, it also just fills up, fills up volumetrically. Um, it's like, like smoke. Yeah, it, it acts like <laughs> real smoke. Yep. Um, the tick rate no longer matters for moving, shooting, or throwing. Sub-tick updates are now the heart of Counter-Strike 2. Previously, the server only evaluated the world in discrete time intervals called ticks. Mm -hmm. But thanks to Counter-Strike 2, sub-tick sub update architecture servers know the exact instant that motion starts, a shot is fired, or a grenade is thrown. As a result, regardless of the tick rate, your moving and shooting will be equally responsive, and your grenades will always land the same exact way. Big deal. For competitive purposes, anyway. Um... What other features are there? I'm just curious about how people were reacting because, like, no, nobody reacts to change more poorly than competitive gamers. You're right. And, like, changing this thing has been the way it has been forever is bold. It, it could be a problem. Yep. Yep. Uh, they've done a lot of work on the maps from upgrade. They've upgraded some, they've overhauled some, but generally the maps are cleaner and brighter. Um, upgrade maps are overhauled maps that have been fully rebuilt from the ground up, and it leverages all the new Source 2, Source 2 tools and rendering features. Um, there are maps that use new Source 2 lighting, including a physically-based rendering system that produces realistic materials, lighting, and reflections. And then there are the touchstone maps, which are the classic maps with solid foundations that players can use to uh, evaluate gameplay changes from CSGO to Counter-Strike 2. So there's like a... Um, a base level map that they're going to supply to people so they can that is exactly like the original game so people can see the gameplay differences for themselves to decide whether they want to go from the original Counter-Strike over to Counter-Strike 2. Um, and then obviously the Source 2 engine, it just makes the game look vastly superior to the old game. It looks so much better than the original Counter-Strike does. Um, and it's also the Source 2 tools and rendering features will be available for the community. So the community will be able to make their own maps. Um, and it'd be easier to build them and for them to experiment and iterate. And then there's a, then a source two item workshop is also on the way. So this is going to be a full featured release pretty much right out of the gate when it comes out this summer. Um, and it's going to have all the stuff from the OG Counter-Strike that to your point, Matt, that, you know, some big fans may be disappointed. It really appears that they've considered those people at every step in the development of Counter-Strike 2. Mm -hmm. But I'm with you, Matt. I have not been a big Counter-Strike player throughout my life. And again, like every place I've worked, there has been ebbs and flows of Counter-Strike. Mm -hmm. You go through this period of eight months where everybody at work after work is over sits and plays Counter-Strike. And then it goes away. Sometimes for like a year or two. And then inevitably, it'll pop back up again. There'll be another group, a crew of people that want to play Counter-Strike again. And like, I've never got into it, despite all that. Because yeah, I, I do not it. like round-based first-person shooters where you die and you have to sit and wait. Like, I just don't yeah, like modes like that. That's why I didn't like SOCOM either. Lots of games. I didn't like that in general. In any and I, I remember at G4 when we got there, the game of that nature was Day of Defeat. Mm. Everybody played Day of Defeat after work in yep. the game lab all night. Yeah. And like... Nope. The thing, <laughs> I never got into the it. The weird either. thing is, well, the weird thing is, like, no one got into Day of Defeat. Like, I people yeah. don't even remember that game existed. <laughs> like, like you go go to databases and it's like Day of Defeat. What's that? You know, yeah. so it's, like, it, it's weird that that was such a 
that was the no one was no one was obsessed about Counter Strike at, at G four. The people that were G four before we were there. Yeah, it was all day of defeat. Yeah, I think I you you even might have said like you know guys don't play Counter Strike. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing playing this crappy ass <laughs> game? <laughs> Why don't you play some other game that I have no interest in playing? Yeah. <laughs> You need to you need to elevate your your crappy game. I don't care about <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway, um, that's a big announcement. Counter Strike Two, yeah. long awaited. Are do you think any chance it gets you to consider playing? No. It? Yeah, me either. Really. Is it Half Life Three? Then no. Yeah. Like you call me when you're ready, Valve. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry about it. And again, why are we getting this instead of a Half Life Three? I don't know. That's sort of the Valve story. Remember when they remember when they announced that stupid card game? Yeah. Was that was that, that Arte- artifact what, like, or something? Yeah, and like there was all the build up and da da da. I I watched that video recently where it's like and they reveal that it's a card game and the whole audience goes, oh. Yeah. Just, <laughs> they just intentionally just won't give people what they want. I yeah. don't understand it, but they just keep. I mean, it's part path. of the well, the when the company culture is like work on it if you want to. Yeah, of course that's what you're gonna end yeah. up with. Like nobody wants to touch the thing that everybody wants. There's too much pressure. It was encouraging. I'll say this. I mean, it's encouraging that Valve is making games and it has Counter Strike Two and it's ready very soon and blah blah blah. But what to me what was most encouraging was seeing the behind the scenes footage of Counter Strike Two and seeing how many people are at Valve making games. Mm-hmm. Like there's a very quick shot where you can see the office and you can see there's like a lot of people working at Valve creating video games, which is a good sign if you're someone like us who has been begging for Half-Life 3 for, what, the last 20 years now? Mm-hmm. How old is Half-Life 2 now? Half-Life 2 came out in 20, 2004. So almost 20 um, years. And then, I mean, yeah, the episodes took... Episode 1 took and 2. Took their sweet time. Yeah. So it never got Episode 3. Long. Yeah, episode, never got Half-Life 3. Yeah, Episode 2 ends on a cliffhanger. Yep. So. And we've been hanging on that cliff ever since. So anyway, there you go. That is Counter-Strike 2. Our last topic for today's show is... The return of GDC. And we mentioned last week that you shouldn't expect a lot of news coming out of GDC because it's typically for developers. That's why it's called the Game Developers Conference. However, as it turned out, a lot of stuff actually came out of GDC, but most of it came from Epic Games, thus the lower third, Epic Con, because it really did turn into an Epic convention. There was the other GDC stuff there. There were the panels that you go to where you learn about mm-hmm. how they turned Kirby to 3D from 2D, and they had panels for like the character models in Dead the Dead Space mm-hmm. remake. There's stuff like that. These the, yeah. the developers go to stuff for us though. Most of it was all in Epic's Epic Unreal press conference, and it was epic. The biggest thing that they showed was the Fortnite Unreal editor. Basically, fans are now going to be able to create their own stuff for Fortnite, and not just their own stuff. As you can see, you'll be able to use elements that take Fortnite way out of bounds from what you're used to. Here you can see this is a gritty, realistic environment with the <laughs> Fortnite characters in it. This is the type of stuff that you'll be able to build with it. Um, basically, the Unreal Editor for Fortnite, it's a version of Unreal Engine 5 with customizations to support the creation of content for, for just Fortnite. With it, you can create props and devices for Fortnite that push the boundaries of the creative tool set. UEFN and UE share a lot of the same tools, but there are differences between the two. And generally, things are just kind of pared down for the Fortnite Unreal Editor so that people like you and I can actually make something worthwhile with it. But as we mentioned earlier with Everywhere and The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, the people who build stuff are the kids or the aspiring game developers. Mm -hmm. And 
The kids play Fortnite. So this is a very, very smart implementation of game development tools. Yeah, this, and is, this is a solid Trojan horse tech. This is exactly how you want to do it. Pactor has been saying all along that Epic is going to create the metaverse. He has said it from day one. Even when Facebook launched Meta and said, here's the metaverse, Pac was like, no effing way. It's not the metaverse. There's no metaverse until Epic makes it. Here you go. Mm -hmm. This is where, because here's the thing, Matt. This is where it starts. Because they have the license for all the, that's the other thing, Matt. All the license Mm -hmm. stuff that you, is in there, you're going to be able to use in this tool. Mm Mm-hmm. So Star this, Wars, yes, Batman, yes. There was somebody made. It was a joke, but somebody made a thing. You know that thing where they have the screen is like introducing whoever to Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Somebody made one for Lydia Tar, which is the character that Kate Blanchett plays yeah. in Tar. And man, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I yeah. really wasn't uh, sure for a minute. Yeah, like they might, they just might. I know. <laughs> like that's the. So here's your metaverse that we've all been waiting for. This is where it's going to really come from because they already have all these licenses locked up and they're going to be a part of their metaverse. So this is a huge, huge story. Like, I feel like it kind of flew under the radar. People don't really understand the implications of it. Yeah, I think it'll be more clear once it hits. And And the kids start messing with Mm -hmm. it. And here's the other thing, too. Like, this is a good primer. Before you start working in Unreal Engine 5, use this first. And get your feet wet. You can figure out whether game development is That's for you. That's nuts that you can do that, like run around in that while someone's doing that. Yes, in real time. Yeah. And you can have multiple people working on projects at the same time together, Matt. It's revolutionary. It's going to be huge. I know it doesn't really matter how much you like Fortnite or not. This is going to change a lot of stuff. So a big, big deal. A really a bombshell from the Unreal Engine press conference at GDC. And then next, they showed... What we usually get at GDC, which is whatever is the latest Unreal Engine tech demo. Um, In this case, this is a tech demo for Unreal Engine 5.2. It shows off a new procedural generation tool. Um, In the the demo, they're calling it Electric Dreams because it focuses on this Rivian electric truck. But really what the demo serves to show is how with Unreal Engine 5, you don't have to build stuff by hand anymore. The randomization tools and the logic in the AI that's now built into Unreal Engine 5, you basically just wipe your mouse across the screen and it just creates wilderness. And if you you do that and then you zoom in, you're like, hey, I wanna create a racing track through this environment. It's very easy to just start pushing the trees back to create the road and then say, they show in this one part where you come to like a place where you want to split the road to create an alternate path. You literally just drag a big chunk of earth inward and it creates a path around it. And then you can just tweak it with the mouse and it starts creating like all these little pathways up to the butte. It's insane. Hmm. So they eventually in this, they start pulling back from the environment and they're like, which part of this do you think we built part of this by hand? The rest was built with the randomization tools. Which part is the part that we built by hand? And you cannot tell. So... Unreal Engine 5 is about to start automating something that every game has, like, five people working on. So, truth be told... It's going to cost jobs. It's going to cost jobs. But that's the way it always is. Yeah. It's like with AI. People are like, oh, AI is going to take people's jobs. But somebody is going to have to manipulate the AI. So, it takes away a job. It creates a new one, but not as many. I, yeah, I think it takes away five jobs and creates, creates one. Creates one. Right. Yeah. Um, so, it's going to have an effect. But it's going to make budgets for games cheaper. So, if that keeps... Games from being raised to 80 bucks for another 15 years? Is it worth it? Maybe this will help Star Citizen. <laughs> I doubt it. I think uh, that's a lost too. cause at this point. Um, 
So anyway, this was a, yet another impressive demo. In fact, I'm going to just skim forward really quickly here so you can start seeing some of the stuff that I was talking about with like how they can just very easily use like the mouse to manipulate the terrain. And then they go back down to the truck and they start driving the truck. So here you can see they just pulled this dirt up from the ground and it created this, generated it. And now they're just moving this butte around inside the environment and the Unreal Engine 5 automatically makes the connections with the existing world that's there. And then they go back down to truck view and you see that everything looks amazing, like up close. It's, again, it's gonna change everything. And you're, and you're right, it's gonna cost people jobs. There's no doubt about it. You would hope that some other jobs are created to replace those jobs, but probably not. Mm -hmm. It's gonna make game development cheaper and quicker and easier at the cost of employment for some people. So I think your mileage will vary on that depending on your perspective and depending on if you were hoping to maybe get a job doing something like this in the future. But anyway, another impressive demo of Unreal Engine 5.2. Did, did they ever find the charging station? Oh, for the vehicle? For the electric truck? <laughs> That's good, Kyle. <laughs> but watch this. I thought and that they... was the point of the... <laughs> Somewhere in this jungle is a charging station, and yeah. you gotta find it. That's so. This is where that's he a said, real life. That's a real life uh, yeah. crisis. So that was the point where he's like, try to pick out the part of this that mm. we built by hand, and you can't. It's no. impossible. Because because it all kind of it's just trees. Well, that helps. That helps. So anyway, another impressive demo for Unreal Engine Five. Uh, and they started getting into specific games. They showed a demo for Lords of the Fallen. Um, all stuff they kind of show a lot of the yeah, which has now tools. been had the name changed again. It well, it was the Lords, the of, the Lords of the Fallen. Now it's, now just, it's just Lords of the, of the Fallen, <laughs> which is the same title as the first game. So whatever. Yeah. No one remembers the first one. Yeah. They shouldn't remember the first yeah. one. There's and no... the whole the whole purpose of this was to just show how Unreal Engine Five will, can bring a game to life. Um, it shows off its robust character creator. Mm -hmm. Shows off how it created assets, dynamic clothing, well, the the real-time lighting. The first one certainly didn't feel very life. It did life not. Lively. <laughs> so. so this is appropriate for this game in particular that they would show this off. Um, it also, this game has like two separate worlds. It has like a, a good mm -hmm. world and the evil world. And what the developers of the game said is that Unreal Engine 5 allowed them to develop both sides of the world at the same time. While right. they're looking at both sides of the world... And they said it was immeasurable how much it helped to unify the the two worlds into one. Because right. it can, because it can, it can learn the rules of each world and then just apply what you've done in one world. To and the it other. applies it to the other one yeah. at the same time. Again, Unreal Engine Five, not effing around. It is no joke. Then they showed a game called, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, Infinite Infinite Simuls, I believe. Can I see it? Where do you have it on there? <laughs> it's not on there. It's the top one on that on my sheet there. Infinitesimals, maybe? Infinitesimals. Infinitesimals? Yeah. That's okay. I think it's a play on infinitesimal. Uh, so, inf so infinite combined with infinitesimal. Yeah, it's, okay. it's infinitesimal, I okay. think is what they're going for. Um, it's a third-person action adventure from Cubit Studios where you play... Probably not the greatest name in the world for no. a thing you're trying to sell. <laughs> we had to like debate how to say it. That's never a good sign. Um, it's a third-person action adventure in development from Cubit Studios. You play as Captain Ockney... Relin Rake, as he and his crew, sure, <laughs> as he and his crew of minuscule aliens of the arrive. Oxford Relin Rakes, yes, of course. Well, this is just another small person. Oh, he's role. an alien. Okay. Well, it's he's an insect alien. 
But it's another small person, big world game, basically, like mm. grounded. There's, I mean, it's almost like a, its own cottage industry at right. this point. But this looks like it's more of a single player shooter than a multiplayer build a th- right. build a yeah. fest. So yeah. I'm already more interested yeah, than me I was too. in grounded. And I think this game looks great. Built from the ground up on Unreal Engine 5. We still don't have enough of those at this point, so I'll take whatever we can get. And then they showed a demo for a game we've all been waiting for, Hellblade 2. When the hell are we hey. going to play Hellblade 2? It's that lady. Yeah, it's the, the actor. It's weird to see her with makeup on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, pretty. Senua, pretty Senua does not, uh, you generally get get done up that no, way. Not to get done War up paint, like that. yes. Yeah. Lipstick, no. <laughs> And all they did, they didn't show the game, they showed off this meta-human animation system that they've been building. (laughs) And the truth is, they've been building that animation system for a long time. When they struck out and they said, we want to be a AAA indie studio, they showed off this technology, the Mm -hmm. meta-human animation, to show how they didn't have to spend a ton of money on facial animation and motion capture anymore. So this tech has been kicking around their studio for years now but the big thing for this was they are doing this on an iphone hmm. their technology is now to the point where it will run on mobile phones and it's extremely powerful as you're seeing right here like look how quickly they mapped her face mm-hmm. and they're now animating stuff and in a second they start doing like here it is they start doing a split screen real time this is her talking on stage while the program is animating it in real time Amazing. Mm-hmm. Again, just that's what GDC is all about. Showing off new tech that's going to improve the lives of game developers, provided yeah, they don't that, that and announcing Fable. Yeah. The and provided that, that they don't take for. their jobs ultimately. <laughs> so that Yeah, was, there's, a, there's this is equal parts impressive and scary yeah. in some ways. Yep. Um, and then there are a couple smaller things like um, <laughs> somewhere James Cameron is looking at all the mocap shit he did for av- the Avatar yeah. sequels is like shit. Yeah, yep. Don't need to do it anymore with this new tech. Um, and then Microsoft was there. They had a big focus on ID and Xbox, which is their indie imprint. Um, they basically welcome creators on site and online to discover their new tools that they've developed to help create stuff. They built like this brand new tool system on as the Azure network called PlayFab. And basically they're at GDC trying to convince people to use their new PlayFab technology to develop games. Um, or at least get indie developers on board to start making games for ID at Xbox using the technology. And basically, they're just it's another middleware stuff that makes it easier to make games. So the technical part of it isn't as a big deal, and it's more about being creative and getting your ideas out with minimal um, pushback. And then NVIDIA showed off some AI-driven Omniverse stuff for facial animation and development pipeline. They had a bunch of panels about ray tracing and path tracing, And then there were the Game Developers Choice Awards, and then there was the Independent Game Festival, which are two things that always happen at GDC. And then, as I said, there were all the panels for specific games and things like that. So overall, a pretty good GDC. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as stuff coming out of it that's relevant to our interests. um, Also, the attendance was gigantic compared to the last several years, obviously, because they didn't have it, and then they had it kind of half-assed last year. So the attendance was back. However... Yesterday, or last night on Facebook, I go check on Facebook, and tons of people have COVID. Yep. Tons. Like, seven people on my friends list last night got COVID at GDC. Yeah. I mean, going to a convention like that at this point where nobody's wearing masks anymore, like, 
Yeah. You're that's what's gonna happen. You're most likely gonna run into it. Yeah. I mean, not whether you get it or not, roll the dice. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, yeah. like I've def I have definitely been in the room with it several times because people I've yeah. been at things where people had it, it and ended up getting it, but I've never had it. Yeah. So far, I'm one of the last remaining, <laughs> one of the last you standing the soldiers. Last. My mom hasn't had it yet. Yeah. My whole family got it like, a few weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. There aren't many left. Yep. Yeah, I know like I know four or five people still. Not many. So if you're one of them, good job. It's not easy. I got it flying on a plane. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have had it either if it wasn't for that flight. I mean, what is a convention if not a constant plane flight? With pretty people, much with people for like you four days yeah, straight. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> a bunch of germs that you're not used to fighting off and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, there you go. Um, that is GDC 2023. And with that, it's time for. It's time for Name That Game, a little game we play here on Game Face where I show you five screenshots and you try to guess the name of the game before this guy, Matt Kyle. And he's good at it, so you got to be on your game. Uh, a couple caveats before we get started. Um, if you've won already this year, do not play. You can only win once every calendar year. And two, we put the chat on slow mode, um, so you can only submit one message every 60 seconds. So don't just start spamming random game titles into the chat because if you do that you're going to type in one and you're going to have to wait 60 seconds for the next one and by then i could have shown the next image that could have won you name that game if you win you win a free game it is a pc game so if you either don't play pc games or you don't see yourself wanting to give a pc game to somebody then please don't play let somebody win who will actually use the code and again once you have the code, it's yours. You can do whatever the hell you want with it. You can use it for yourself. You can give it away. But please, just out of concern for everybody else, if you're not going to play it and you can't think of anybody that you would give to to use it, please just don't play. Let's let people yeah. win. At least, like, tweet it or something. Yeah. yeah. yeah throw it out there somehow. Yeah. Let, let people who can actually make use of the code win name that game. And with that, I think we're ready to get started. And the first image for Name That Game for episode 336 is live right now. Yeah, that's a street. And All if right. anybody gets this, I'm going to freak <laughs> out. Fire Native, thank you for Twitch Prime, by the way. Watch Dogs 3. <laughs> uh, let's see, no guesses yet. Death Stranding, no. Mass that's a Effect, good, That's no. a good guess, though. Yeah, it is a good guess. Mass Effect, no. Half-Life 2, no. MGS2, no. Lots of twos here. Jedi Fallen Order, no. Sleeping Dogs, no. It looks too good to be Sleeping yeah. Dogs. Prey, no. That's a good guess. Spider-Man, nope. Also a good guess. Cyberpunk 2047, no. <laughs> Half-Life 2, no. Assassin's Creed 3, no. Alright, we're going to move on to image number two. Mass Effect Andromeda, no Destiny 2, no. Okay, we're moving to image two. And here it is. Hmm. Good hints there. Somebody might be able to get it from this. RE2 Remake, no. Usually people get it from stuff like this. That's showing a lot for this game. But no, no, not even any guesses. MGS5, no. I mean, I'm guessing we have a much smaller audience today. Counter-Strike, go. No. Yeah. <laughs> Good guess, Otaps. That is something that I would do. You're absolutely right. 
Grand Theft Auto 4, no. MGS5, no. Robinson the Journey, no. That's a good, pretty good guess, too. Destiny, no. Guardians of the Galaxy, no. Borderlands, no. Alpha Protocol, no. From mm-hmm. Too Quick Capri. That, that came out of nowhere. Halo 3, no. Rage, no. We already did Rage, actually, in this. Yeah, that's right. Or we did Rage 2, actually. We did Rage 2. Yeah. Uncharted 4, no. Horizon Forbidden West, no. Killzone 3, no. Uh, Payday 2, no. Okay, it looks like we're going to make it to the third image. Hybrid Heaven, no. That's definitely not Hybrid <laughs> Heaven. <laughs> I'm going to use it someday, though, for sure. Okay, here is image three. This will definitely give it away. Come on, you guys can get it from this. I know you can. Okay, it looks like what, a Halo Reach or something? Not Halo Reach. Someone's going to get it from this. I know it. Halo Infinite, no. Metal Gear Solid Revengeance, no. Final Fantasy 15, no. Just Cause 2, no. One X Solo got it. Titanfall 2. Mm. There it is. I knew someone would get it from this. Because the choppers are all the same, and I knew someone would identify it. But only one person did. Everyone, everyone, all the other guesses that came in after his are incorrect. It is Titanfall 2. One X Solo, you are our winner. Congratulations, buddy. Nice job. Um, to get your free game, you can DM us here on Twitch. You can DM me on Twitter at Dinfire. You can DM Sifted on Twitter at Sifted Games. Or if you're on Sifted, which everyone should be and better be, you can DM me on Sifted at Shane. Any of those ways to get at me, I can uh, get you your code. Congratulations once again. Here is one last round of applause. Okay. It's time for some Q&A if you guys have any questions for us. We went to you guys a bunch in this episode already, so maybe you've exhausted all your queries at this point. Um, but we're here, and we will take your questions. If you got any. Um, El Guapo3385. Let me bring you up here, buddy. Um, any non-gaming podcast that you listen to? I love Radio Lab with their esoteric topics in science, philosophy, and politics. I, because I don't live back in Pennsylvania anymore, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up. I listen to a lot of uh, Pittsburgh sports talk podcasts. So like they, the radio shows and stuff in Pittsburgh and like all the local Pittsburgh sports journalists, like they all do podcasting. And then they, re- they put it up during the day and then I work during the day. And then at night while I'm playing games, I will listen to Pittsburgh sports talk basically while I'm playing games. Do you uh, listen to any other podcasts, Matt? Non-gaming ones? Um, yeah, I mean, I listen to some board game ones. I listen to uh, Pod Save America um, once in a while. Um, uh, I listen to uh, It's Over Now. A lot of the podcasts I listen to are, like, limited. They're not, like, forever podcasts. But, like, um, uh, uh, Rachel Maddow just did one about... Um, it was basically about uh, Nazi supporters in America in the 30s in the run-up uh, to World War II, which mm-hmm. is very oh, interesting. There, there were some. Oh, it was a lot. Yeah. Like, very high up. Like, oh, Hitler was such a bad... It's yeah. kind of like how some people now are, like, trying to say Putin isn't so bad. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, it's that kind of thing. Uh, I also like Radio Lab sometimes. I, I... 
my tolerance for the sort of rather twee PBS kind of like, oh, we're going to talk about this thing. And then we're going to talk about this woman who grew onions in her front yard. Yeah. And now we're going to talk about this jazz musician you've never heard of and will never yeah. hear of again. Like, NPR type stuff. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. only so far that I, I have to be in the mood for that. Yeah. But like, yeah, Radio Lab's pretty good. Um, yeah. That's about it. I don't listen to a ton of podcast stuff. A lot of a lot of YouTube videos more than that more than anything else. Yeah, just the Pittsburgh Sports Talk stuff. Like they they're obviously on air all day. So there's like nine hours a day yeah. that I can listen to. I typically listen to like an hour and a half or yeah. something like that. Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson sometimes. Like yeah. astronomy stuff is interesting to me. Yeah, and during the uh, football season I listen to fantasy football podcasts sometimes. Mm. Like if I have a crucial game coming up and like i can't figure out who to start like i'll listen to a couple podcasts to see if they can give me any insight that i didn't think of but that's generally most of the podcasting stuff i listen to mostly sports stuff really um eth demon what is your most anticipated non-big budget game for me it's the battle network legacy collection oh wow Hmm. interesting um i mean we play games all the time that are lower budget that we like Mm -hmm. i just really liked um bayonetta origins i thought that was really good and that was a game that was on a lower budget i just talked about uh, romancevania which i didn't like quite as much but still was a passable metroidvania the most anticipated yeah but what's coming up like i don't know probably hollow knight silk song it's one of them if that makes if it it ever comes out um (laughs) yeah i mean i'm looking forward to the advanced wars collection finally that's coming soon um next month i think yeah i think uh i think sea of stars is a big one. I think that's going to you know be talked about when it comes out. Maybe people aren't, aren't aware of it. I mean, I backed it on Kickstarter, so maybe I'm more aware of it than most. But like, I think that's that's one. Yep. I mean, there's tons. There's just and there will be more, a lot of this stuff you find like kind of like, like the nine years of shadows. Like I found that the day it came out, you yeah. know, you don't know until Steam pushes it in your face, mm-hmm. basically. Yep. Sometimes that stuff works. Or Rob Manuel sends you a text. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't. It's not all. Uh, uh, that's one of the fun things about like the lower budget or indie things is like maybe there isn't a lot of anticipation. Sometimes you just discover this thing that you like, oh that sounds really cool. Oh, it's out now. Well, like, a lot of it's like, just word of mouth. Yeah, something comes like, out and everyone starts talking about it, mm-hmm. and then it becomes a thing. And everyone jumps on it. So, I mean, if I had to pick one, it's probably the next Hollow Knight. Even though I wasn't a massive fan of the first Hollow Knight, I still really enjoyed it. I think it's probably the biggest indie game that's waiting to come out right now. I mean, I would think so, unless you want to count Half-Life 3. Yeah, which um, <laughs> would be an indie game at this point. Um, I mean, Valve is an independent company. Uh, Commander Fett, has the weather finally calmed down in L.A.? Are you still getting a lot of rain and snow? Funny you should mention that, Commander Fett, because yesterday was beautiful. Yeah. It was back to L.A. yesterday, and the electric cuts out, which is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Usually it's weather-related when electric cuts out. And then today I wake up, it's pouring rain. It's been yeah. raining all day. It's right back to the way it was again. I mean, it's sunny now. It's, is it? Yeah, it's, it's pretty nice out now. Yeah, and it will remain so until like tonight. But it's supposed to rain again tomorrow. Rain again tonight, and until the more tomorrow morning, and then it's supposed to be no rain for like a few weeks. Then we go back to normal. So we're still in it, but it's about to finally go away. And it's still cold yeah. for LA. Yeah, we had to run our heat last night, or we couldn't sleep. So yeah, it's still insane. There's no other way to put it. It's insane. Um, Gino Mike One, have you guys heard of the musician Ren? I highly recommend the High Ren music video. No, I've never heard of it. I don't know Ren. I know Ren and Stimpy. But now I found out that the creator of Ren and Stimpy is a terrible person. Yes. And so now I struggle to support Ren and Stimpy, even though that first those first two seasons were literally genius. You know, it's the whole separate the art from the artist thing. It's tough sometimes. Um, Cinetike, The Last of Us Part 1 came to PC and has many issues. Crashes during shader compilation, jittery mouse camera moon, etc. How can this keep happening, especially after the TV show? I mean, I don't think 
the people making the port care about the it TV has show. To do with it. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, you would hope that that would have an yeah. impact, but it just doesn't. That's. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's another Sony port. Launch, bad launch day, basically. Um, you know, I'm, much as I'm looking forward to Last of Us playing, I'd like to play Last of Us again. I probably will do it on PC, but I was I haven't bought it yet because all those issues were shown. And I mean, there was a, I saw a guy who the shader shader compilation took something like 45 minutes, <laughs> and I'm like, that's nuts. Like, what, how in the world is that? So I don't know between this and Horizon, and I think Days Gone had. I don't know what. I don't know what's going on over there. And it seems to be Iron Galaxy. It seems mm-hmm. to be the the common thread through yep. these. Um, I'll just wait until it's fixed. Because yeah. it will be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, you're certainly learning. This is why I'm learning by repeti- PC game that much. Learning by repetition <laughs> that it's not a good idea to buy these PlayStation ports on PC day one. I mean, I mentioned, and I, you guys have maybe not have watched it, but we have published an Ask Chain Anything earlier today. And I mentioned that, actually, in the Ask mm-hmm. Chain today. So. The best time to play a PC game version of something is about six months after it comes out. Yeah, one of the questions was about Steam Deck. And I just basically said, like, I just don't like PC gaming that much in general because it's always stuff like this. There's always some weird thing or, like, your the, the drivers have to be updated mm-hmm. just specifically for the game for your GP. There's just always some weird thing. And that's why I just play consoles. It's much easier. Much Yeah, like, lo- they look better and they run better, but you pay a price yeah, for that. you have I to mean, work for it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's a re, you know, there's there's all there's always a trade off for everything. Yep. Uh, Minority games. Here's a good one. What IP would you like to see represented as a game that hasn't been already? Is there anything? Um, I would like to see games based upon like fans, celebrities. Oh fuck that! Like, like I'd like to play like a Kiss video game. There was a I would Kiss play video the crap. Game. I'm, well, yeah, like way, Kiss way Psycho back. Circus, yeah, yeah. the gem a, of the Dreamcast. There was a Journey game for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, right. but you well, never even arcade, saw the band. It was an arcade game too. Yeah, like I just think if you made games around pe- people that other people in the, care about, in the vid- in the arcade game, you did see the band. It was all them with their little heads. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you had to you had to get on the spaceship and go play the, yeah. play the basically based on their album covers. Like I would play a game based on Daft Punk, like. I think that's a territory. I think territory. that's just called Tron. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a territory that hasn't really been explored yet. We've seen Fortnite do stuff with musical artists. They just come in and do, like, a virtual concert or whatever. I think the only thing you've seen in that regard has been, like, athletes. It's been, like, Shaq Fu. Mm-hmm. Like, you had a little bit of that. Or, like, the Def Jam Battle for New York. Fight for New York, fight, yeah. Like, like, where, like, they're, you know, they're, they're hip-hop stars, but they're in, like, this fictional story yeah. about them in this, like, battle for... I think there's a whole horizon waiting for that stuff. Like, I hate to say it, but remember the Kardashian, like, corny mobile game mm-hmm. that blew up? Like, imagine if it's actually celebrities or cool people I guess instead it, of the Kardashians. I guess, well, I, I wonder if you, I mean, wouldn't we wouldn't care, but I bet if you herded a bunch of Instagram influencer and YouTube influencers all into the same game and had them do some kind of, like, weird fictionalized quest for something like i basically made a telltale game mm-hmm. out of a bunch of influencers yeah. on an adventure together yeah. i bet you would i'm surprised that hasn't happened already pretty hard i think that. all kinds of stuff like that's going to come eventually um minority games is e- and i'll answer two years in a row because this is a very simple one is e3 done for getting there it feels like it's it. certainly not going to be what we think of as e3 anymore this might this. be the last year i don't know what you do next year if this is what if everybody just pulls out and is then it's jeff's game yeah Balls in Jeff's court for sure next year. Yep. Um, last one, Majora Tom. 
Do you see any games coming out the rest of 2023 that can match the RE4 remake in terms of quality? Yeah, I listed yeah. like six of them. I think there's a lot. We mentioned earlier that there's going to be ultimately like six or seven legitimate Game of the Year candidates this year. Mm-hmm. It's really going to be a tough year to pick the Game of the Year. Um, Esmont, football question. I'm a Steelers fan like you, but do you think Mahomes is the best ever? Good question. Um, no. <laughs> so you're talking to the wrong guy here. I'm old. And I grew up with the 70s Super Steelers. Like, to most Steelers fans, they didn't grow up watching those teams win. It's like this story that they hear from their parents. I lived through it. I was a little kid. To me, the Steelers, a lot like Kiss, were like superheroes when I was growing up. And, like, they did that. Like, if you would go to, like, Hills, which was the store that existed before Walmart. It was, like, the precursor to Walmart. You could go in there, and they would have, like, Steelers shirts of, like, Jack Lambert as a cartoon character. And, like, they did a great job of literally making the Steelers, like, superheroes mm. back then. I remember that kind of style with, like, they had the, the 49ers, too. It was like, they were, like, the screen-printed, like, yep. like, that weird sort of... Yeah, that weird... It was a caricature, but it was kind of realistic. Like, yep. it, it, it looked like sort of something... You knew who it was. Yeah, it but, would be something that you'd see on, like, the cover of, like, a comic yes. book or a trading card kind of thing. Yeah. So, anyway, I grew up during that era of football. And I'll just be honest with you, like, I think the quarterbacks that played back then are better than any of the quarterbacks now. Because... There was a larger-than-life quality... It wasn't time. even that. It's that they were not protected. So go back mm. and watch some footage of Terry Bradshaw from the Steelers. And I don't want to be a homer here, but Terry Bradshaw, they would pick him up and literally just dump him on his head over mm-hmm. and over again. They clothesline him. They club him in the head. You can't do any of that anymore. There's a reason NFL Blitz had suplexes because yeah. that was about the only thing left not yeah. being done on the field. You can't do that anymore. So you may say, oh, well, that's just the rules. Well, it, it, it all affects everything because if the quarterback's sitting back in the pocket and they know they're not going to get clubbed in the head, it gives them more confidence to stand in the pocket and step up and throw the ball. Like these quarterbacks, Terry Bradshaw, um, Staubach from the Cowboys, like the Archie Manning, the original Manning, like all those guys were hard as hell. They were badasses. These quarterbacks now are a bunch of effing pansies. So, no, I don't think any of the quarterbacks now are the best. I don't think Brady is the best ever either. Brady wouldn't have lasted three years in the 70s NFL. He was a spindle when he came out of college. Literally go back and look at his combine photos. He was a rail. He would not have lasted three. He would have broke him in half. So no. I, I mean, don't... I remember that conversation among my, you know, old my grandparents and the about Montana. Yeah. That Montana was like this new like like delicate breed of of no. fin, of quarterback no, that could not have too, though. He did he but got beat up too. He, he did but he didn't get beat up the way as like, much as, as the 70s. I mean, and... Bra- you said how about Bradshaw? That was what my grandfather. I mean, my grandfather was a giant Dude, they fan were of hard that. asses back but then, like, man. But like I remember people talking back then even my friends in in um in school were like you'd have the older kids who were like they would they would bring up Bradshaw all the time, and we didn't know who that was because yeah. we were like the other thing too is Terry 10. Bradshaw won four Super Bowls in six years, four Super Bowls in six years. He mm-hmm. won back to back Super Bowls twice. So no, and I'm not saying Bradshaw is the greatest quarterback ever. I'm just saying the quarterbacks from that era to me are way better than the quarterbacks from today. So no, I would not. At the very least, it makes it very difficult to compare in any kind of one-to-one. It's not fair. It's a different game. It really is. And back then, steroids were legal. (laughs) They weren't even outlawed from the game. So not only did you have crazy, powerful, strong guys, they were crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, go back and watch some of those games from the 70s. You could get away with biting people under the pile. You can't get away with any of that anymore because they have cameras everywhere and they're replaying 
everything. You can't get away with anything. The NFL was a completely different game in the 70s and 80s than it is now. So I tip the cap to the quarterbacks that played in that era because they were bad asses. And one of the and there were some of the reasons that things are different now. That's why. So. Yeah, that's exactly why. Yep. All right, that's it. We got through. It wouldn't it be funny if I said that and then the power went out? <laughs> we made it through Game Phase 336 on our second try. Thanks to all you guys who made it today to watch the live show. I really didn't think you would. I really thought there was going to be like no one in the chat today. Uh, so I really, really appreciate you guys making the effort to get here earlier and on a different day. Um, natural disasters, without that, we'll be back on Tuesday. For our usual time at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. Um, if you're watching this show on YouTube and you'd like to help us, head to patreon.com slash sifted. Drop us a pledge. If you're listening to this show on any of the podcast service, services and you'd like to help us, head to patreon.com slash sifted and drop us a pledge. For just $4 a month, you get all our content early. For just $2 a month, you get Pactor Factor a week early. And if you can't afford to help us with any of that stuff, Please help us with Twitch Prime. If you're an Amazon Prime member, you can give us a free $2.50 a month for nothing, just because you're a subscriber. All the instructions for doing that are down below if you're watching this on YouTube. And of course, before we go, I can't leave without saying how awesome LS Cream is. I just wanna say how appreciative we are of them sponsoring our show. I think it's been pretty miraculous how this sponsorship has worked out great, I think, for both sides. Um, I love promoting stuff that our audience creates. Um, so if any of you guys run your own businesses or you do anything like that and you want to work out sponsorship with us, I'd love to do it. To me, that's the ideal sponsorship, helping the people who help me as much as I can. So go to creamls.com. There's a store locator there where you can go and buy LS Cream. It is absolutely delicious. It mixes so great with so many different drinks. Matt and I both love it. Support your fellow sifters. Support your fellow gamers. So again, we'll be back on Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Until then, have yourselves an excellent week. Game face is up and 